Hey everyone, welcome to Rewind the Love, a podcast about the best era in reality television. Recapping shows like Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, and all the great celeb reality shows that you love. I am Mike. And I'm Sonia, and I cannot believe the season's already almost over. <laughs> we have we have a finale, a clip show, and a reunion. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I mean, makes you, well that, depending on what we're going to do about the clip show. That's true. Well, we're thinking about it. Could become a Patreon exclusive, could be on this, we're not sure yet. Yeah, we're not sure, but... We'll get there. I just still, like, all of a sudden, it, like, occurred to me when it's just two of them at the end, I'm like, oh my god, it's the finale, and then the reunion, and then we start a new show very soon. I know this is, like, a super boring intro. We're just working it out, out loud. (laughs) Do we know what the the next show is? I Love New York season two. Yes. I know. Very exciting. She's back. It's been a long time since we've seen her. I know. Oh, anyway... That's pretty exciting, right, everybody? Rate, review, subscribe, tell friends who don't suck. Five stars, please. Please. And if you want to support us in that way, it's a huge help. We benefit from it in terms of getting the word out more. Speaking of which, we had, like, the most fucking listeners ever last week. Well, not, like, ever. But, like, in terms of a premiere episode, we our numbers, like, were almost more than double i think what they usually are so that was fucking bananas thank you all for listening yes. hopefully a bunch of you still stayed hello yes <laughs> hello to all the new listeners we hope you enjoy i'm sorry that was hello really, to all those it was a weird place back. for you to start but we thankfully this enjoy, is a really yeah. good episode but anyway so just yeah keep spreading the word you know yeah. it's on the ground hope you guys enjoy whatever I welcome just said that already but yes <laughs> anyway if you want to go beyond that support uh, we are also on Patreon, and we yes. greatly appreciate any and all donations that come through there. Patreon.com slash RewindTheLovePod. We have two new patrons to thank. Woo. We have Istahil. I'm, I apologize if I pronounced that wrong. I should have reached out to you. My bad. And Natalie, my best friend whose name, I'm sorry about the children screaming in the background, but our neighbors just decided to come out and play for the first time all day right now as we're recording. Anyway, my best friend Natalie, my middle school and high school best friend, current, you know, best friend. If you listen to our recap of Isle of the Year 2003, you probably heard her name a lot because (laughs) uh, basically it seems like every movie I saw in 2003 that I didn't see like on TV at a later point, like anything I saw in theaters, I was like, oh, I saw that with Natalie. I saw that with Natalie. She's the reason I watched The O.C. She got me into this song, blah, blah, blah. So, (laughs) The OG of The O.C. Hey, Natalie. Uh, Yeah, so... I, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. Watch along with us on Hulu, Tubi, or Amazon Prime. They each Everyone's have their perks and their disadvantages, of course. I guess we recommend Amazon because Amazon they have seems captions. to be the best. Yes. There's, well, That's yes. My, there's captions for if you. If you're like me and you can't hear and see things that, like, you know what I mean? Like, your brain doesn't work that way. Sometimes it's helpful to have captions. It's one of those things where Amazon has it. You get it's the captions. It's also uncensored. Yes. You, get, you get to see Heather's titties again. We haven't seen them in a while. It's been a while. Seen nipple. We don't see full nipple today, though. A little bit of side boob, nipple. It's about yeah, it. Oh Same as kind of like the pool. Right. But then to be, you'll get the cursing and the uncensored. You just can't have uh, captions. 
And then Hulu, I believe, censored. Hulu? But I think or did they all, change it now. I, I don't know. Either some way. of their seasons of shows are censored, and some of them aren't. But Hulu yeah. is also just like Hulu if you already have it. Or if you check out Pluto TV, there's I don't It'll know if anything's on demand, on, but there might be something. We fucking watch Pluto almost yes. exclusively now. It is the saddest thing ever. And basically, I disagree. I don't think it's the saddest thing ever. They put on good things. It's all just like at least weird, for me. It's all just like weird niche shit that like I don't want to admit to spending a good portion of my day watching. You I know? mean, it's old school like, games that I like. Well, we were talking today about like what we're going to tell you guys for like what we were watching. And we watched like Mike watched two episodes of Drag Race All-Star season two. We watched one episode of Legendary, the new HBO Max show, the, the voguing competition. Yes. And like other than that, we've just been watching fucking Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. And guts. And guts. Uh, yo, Michael Malley was such a fantastic host. He was. I forgot how much I enjoyed him. Like, I enjoyed him then. I remember when he was on Glee, which, side note, R.I.P. Naya Rivera. Yes. We just found out before recording, just to put, like, a weird damper on this whole thing. Anyway, you know, he was excellent. He was, like, fun. And he took it, like, the right amount of seriously. I just was more surprised in the most recent episode of G- Guts we watched. He's just in, like, a peach-colored, like, three-quarter zip sweatshirt. No, quarter zip. Because he's right? cool and chill. That's but the whole like point. It was the unzipped, look. Unzipped and like he's got it, like you can see his like white undershirt on underneath. Yeah, and it's it like the style. I'm not expecting him to be like in a suit, but I don't know. Maybe like a little bit more casual than what you go grocery shopping in. No, I don't know. He's got to be like laid a back, high. a little bit athletic looking and chill. There's a lot There's of Nickelodeon room. Studios back then. There's a lot of room between what you wear walking on the boardwalk and what you would wear on. Te- television to look casual i disagree because that is an athletic competition show so he needs to be kind of chill and mo's in her referee outfit shout out mo hope you're thriving he should be in a fucking referee outfit i wonder if mo's a good i don't know no one really knows much about her where'd she go anyway where'd you go mo it rhymes oh and mark summers too because he's on love mark summers what was the double dare we don't they don't show any of the old double dares they show show the the new ones ones, which is good with liza koshi it's pretty good and they don't put on he's the like announcer guy yes they still incorporate him him. you have to it's mark fucking summers but uh they don't have what would you do just yet but they have some other ones there's yeah, they throw some throwbacks. Anyway, there's, there's that. a lot of good stuff on Pluto. Yes. It's just like it's American thro- you, Gladiator throwbacks, which is awesome. As long as you don't mind watching the same three commercials, and I know that I say that a lot about Hulu. But oh, like, it's, it's not. She's not exaggerating. Literally the same three. It's the commercials. same three. You're going to be tortured by Archie's fucking mysteries for the Archie's rest of your life. Mysteries. I can recite the whole. I sing it at work all what the time. What is going now. on in this town? Archie's mysteries. It's crazy. But there's also some great old school MTV such as Next, oh, Parental right. Control. Y'all, do you remember a couple episodes where we're like, why don't they show those shows? And, and we then, found them. And then we, and on literally... a free TV subscription thingy. Well, no, we were talking about it with in regards to Pluto, I think. That and Nickelodeon. We were like, why don't they have those shows? And then we found Look them. Look what happened. That's... I love it. I hope they Sometimes keep expanding. Sometimes it helps to like research before you talk. I don't know. Well, it's the joy of finding things out. That's like when you ask someone a question, they go, Google it. I'm like, no, like, I need the satisfaction of answering this. And by person, you mean me. Normally, yes. <laughs> or it's one of those where you always remember something at that last second. Right as someone goes like, oh, I Googled it. It is. And then all of a sudden you go like, blah, and you but get the answer. something we that's could awesome. have easily figured out. Anyway, that's so far from Off the topic. point. There is not really that much VH1CU news, except, really well, first- well, there was like a whole thing. Did I tell you about the thing about Danger? She smashed the homies. That she's like going through a little bit of like a mental thing. Who? 
danger she smashed the homies from for the love of ray j i literally oh, have said i don't know too. who she is though i know but I've, I've brought it up enough times mm. that i would think anyway so she is claiming that her daughter was kidnapped by her by the father who is nick cannon's brother but he is claiming that he didn't kidnap her that uh danger i i apologize i don't know her real name but she is like mentally unstable and he has her daughter for the daughter's safety Ooh, so uncomfortable but beyond that i realized there was no what's going on last week and there wasn't one this week shocking i know and he hasn't mentioned his diabetes in a while so now i just feel like a bitch well this ha no, this is more, this episode just, it's more like he'd seem sick of everyone's shit. Well, we can get to that in a We're second. We're gonna, yes. But you did spot some VH1 CU adjacent. It was, well, I've recently now followed Sister Patterson on Instagram, but she put up something about Goya saying she still rocks with Goya because no one makes her decisions for her. And it's like, yo, do your thing if you're Sister like, Patterson is nothing if not is, 100%. The, she's she herself is. yo that's what it, and you know it's respectable in a lot of sense like you know what fuck it. she is who she is she just is that committed to being sometimes like super wrong ah. that has to be tough to live with like for your parent because you know like i understand sometimes when you're a kid your parents don't ever really want to admit they're wrong but like i don't know how do you have an adult relationship with your parent if they like can't sometimes acknowledge that they did the wrong thing i guess i mean she's probably accepted Think she's done wrong in the past at some point. I, I don't know. I cannot imagine a scenario where that would be possible. Like, I feel like she's one of those people where even if she was wrong, that she would still be like, well, I was justified in feeling that way regardless. So, whatever. It's like, so what you're saying is you were wrong and nope. Never said that. Yeah. Um, anywho, we should just get into this episode because this was a good one. There's going to be a lot. Based on everything that happens, yes, this is one of those where I don't know how many pages of notes you have, but it seems like how you're going to have the dialogue of everything. do I have? Yeah, this was like a dialogue heavy this one, is where which I, is rough. I have 13 yes. pages, I so I cracked the crazy. jokes of, I wish we could just find the show transcript and it would just save you a ton of time. I don't think that I haven't tried. I have looked. And then the speech to text is another. Well, then you don't know who's saying things at times. Yeah, I tried it and it wouldn't format. I'm very particular about how I format my notes. Oh my so, God. just better for me to take 500 hours typing it all out. Anyway, y'all don't care about that. Look behind the curtain. What did you think about this episode? I thought it was very, I don't want to say more real than others or whatever. It's like, it was so focused on the one thing, I guess, which would be the whole point of this episode is the parents are here. And they actually had an entire episode of the parents being there. It's not like, oh, the parents are here for like 15 minutes. And then yeah. all of a sudden some other shit happens. Like, no, nah, like, this is the whole this episode This is the most the we've story. kind of gotten to know the parents outside of Sister Patterson. Although they yes. did make a lot of efforts to really make the parallels, though. Yes. I noted a couple of things throughout this. They definitely make Lacey's dad the Sister Patterson of it all. Yes. Which, in a way, he kind of is because... In a lot of ways, he is, like, unpleasant and kind of difficult. But then a lot of ways, I'm like, you know, I, he's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, but we'll talk There's about it more. I'm really excited. Yeah, of course. And shout out to Real Enchant's mom, because she was awesome. 
We yeah, but like we barely that. saw anything about her. She was just like, I'm just happy to be on TV, I guess. What so. other parents have we met? We barely meet most of them. Like, I don't think Delicious's parents said three words hmm. in total. Oh, we met Tango's mom. We meet Tango's mom because New York calls her old and terrible. Yeah. And who else? Then what's her name we meet hoops mom remember she was really horny for flavor that is gross. yes that's right and pumpkin's mom and grandma right it might have been oh no, no that was heather's her mom heather's mom yes yeah. brooke's mom and let's Grant, listen and to all the music that's yeah brooke's was. mom was weird and heather's parents were this heather well no not this heather other heather huh? crazy with a k heather she we meet her mom and her grandma that's what it was yeah and then, but as you were that saying, was it, right? Either this way, one and, was oh, very and um, yeah, that's it. Much more of the focus on the parents. Oh, and technically, we meet uh, Boots's mom, Larissa's mom, during the reunion. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Briefly, briefly. But yeah, we definitely get to see more of these parents a little. Well, that's not entirely true, really. I I said all that, and now I take it back. Well, I feel like we barely an entire see episode being focused on it. Like the parents are there from the beginning to the end of the episode. Well, because Brett like actually is willing to be around in the house. Also true. That makes a difference. Like Flav would never really do that, especially so... with Sister Patterson <laughs> and New York. Uh, I don't know. Like they just did it very separately. So I think it's interesting that Brett is more like, yeah, let's bring everybody in. Let's bring everybody together. That's not to say that I liked him at all during the course of this episode. Like I still thought he yes. was shitty, but yeah, I think that's a sign to get yeah. into it. Right. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yes. It is Rock of Love season one, episode 10 titled Meet the Parents. Very you could original. just picture like. Heather's dad coming. Well, she's always topless. Be like, well, can you milk me? <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. Ha ha ha. Anyway, so the episode opens with Heather and Lacey wondering that what they're going to be doing today. Just conven- conveniently, the three of you. I wonder what could possibly yes. be left. And then Heather no longer trusts Lacey after Vegas and everything. And Lacey's just saying that she's in it for herself. Yeah. Which now it's time to look out for this yourself. Day different than any other day. And then Brett tells us. Although it doesn't rhyme, like he always or tries to make other things. I don't know. What is the word? No, the only in the notes does he rhyme. Like the Fantastic Four, the da-da-da. Oh, like, the awesome all... threesome. Yeah, says. like that doesn't have a... Like it, it doesn't flow. He like just you don't want to say the terrific threesome, but like a TT normally works. Alliteration is what you're saying. Thank you. Yeah. Put that English degree to use. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a huge surprise for them today, he says, and there's a knock on the door. And this is all literally within the first minute two minutes of the episode yeah, like there is right no intro it. it just gets right in so he invited their parents to come live with them in the house so brett says in a talking head he's like what do they say you marry the girl you marry the parents and it's like that's not entirely what they say but it's sure family. the family yeah we see heather heather's parents first brenda and david although he introduces himself as chad which originally, because at first I heard just Chad, and I'm like, is his name Chad Chadwell? And then I'm like, oh no, Chad is probably a nickname for his last name. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. They basically look just like her to the point that I, I pointed it out to Mike. Heather is basically her mom's exact face on her dad's like 
face slash head. Head. Well, no, like the shape of his face. Yes. So it's Heather, like the features are Heather's mom, Brenda, right? Brenda. But her head shape is And the head shape and like the jawline and stuff is all Chad. I just want to know where her height came from because she looks like the same height as both of them. Well, I mean, you never know when you look at the sides of the family. Like that's where like me, like I'm like 6'2". Yeah. But you look at my family and it's kind of like, you'll see my mom and my dad, like, oh, like, mom's a little tall, but, and then when you see like all my uncles yeah, on my side, you're like, oh shit. And then like my grandfather and everyone. But you're taller than your dad by like a decent amount. Yes. It would be like, I've heard multiple people say like, if you and your dad didn't have almost the same face, like. You want to know? Yeah. You would think it's like, like something was up I there. tell people that, to, yeah, I always say, I was like. People sometimes would be like, where the hell did you come from? Because I'm like 6'2", and I used to be like 300 pounds playing football my whole life and stuff. It's like, where the fuck did you come from? And then it's like, you see my dad? And I'm like, yo, if I had just a mustache, I would just look like the younger version of him. It's like a time traveler. Big John calls Heather down, and she's so excited to see her parents. And she says she hasn't seen her parents in the same room together like maybe two times in her life besides this. Although I was really confused by the story because it seems like her parents got divorced when she was older, but then that doesn't really line up with that. But also, like, they get along pretty well for people that have apparently have nothing to do with each other. They seem like they get along fine. They're just kind of like, hey, you know what, maybe... Which, speaking of which, that kind of made me realize, like, who out of your iteration of your parents would you have come for this situation? I mean... Not too personal to discuss on air, but... No, it'd be... It would be interesting to try to, if I was ever on a fucking dating show like this, I don't know if I'd have the balls to sign up for a show like this, but I feel like if you could kind of get both at the same time, big and eh, but I feel like you would- Would you bring both parents and both I don't think you can. I don't, I feel like the show would be like, not. listen, like you can't have four people Oh yeah, people that's true. Here. They'd have to fly four people out. Yeah. No, if it was just, a, I would, eh, that's a tough one. I would- sorry for the delay and the pause it's a tough one i feel like i'd probably i'd almost feel like i'd pull a white boy and bring out like my sister and my (laughs) brother-in-law it's not a bad suggestion no that's true that is a good one because i feel to get like a judgment like like don't get me like i love my parents and everything it's just more of the like also your parents like i couldn't i can't imagine them on reality tv and that's yes it would be kind of awkward but I feel like my dad would end up being funny on TV. He would. I think uh, he'd crack Terry, some pretty funny Terry jokes. Would be so good. Yeah. I think she'd be like she'd really shine in this scenario. Heather is showing them around the house. She points out the kitchen where they've been getting fat as hell. In her words, I'm a little bit intrigued by her dynamic with her parents. They seem cool. No, they seem good, and she seems like she has a good relationship with them, but. It's a weird thing where they've, one, kind of just, I don't want to say accepted her for who she is, but kind of just, like, threw their hands up and they're like, well, this is just, that's just Heather. But I think also she's, like, very, I don't want to say concerned with their approval, but I guess maybe it's just, like, the tenseness of the situation because you're introducing your parents to your significant other and you're introducing and vice versa. You know, like, I think that, um... 
I thought they just seemed cool and chill. I didn't see any. No, no, no. I didn't I read into anything like that with them. <laughs> wow. What a surprise. There we go. Mike, not reading into something? That's so not like you. When I watched, it seemed like she was very excited they were there. No, she I, gave them the tour. Brett that came I thought out. That there was, everyone I, was cool. I, it's not that I thought that there was an issue there. I just think that she, I don't want to say is like concerned with their approval quite because I think that's definitely more Lacey's territory. But I think that there was, I don't know, there was just like a little something there that I was just like, she just, maybe it's like she just really wanted to make sure they were comfortable, that she was like kind of going a little overboard, like overly explaining stuff and overly I guess, yeah. No, that's true. So Brett comes out of his room to meet them and looks visibly nervous, which I thought was kind of nice. Well, he's meeting the first group of parents and he does the like, yes. You, well, he says in a talking head, if there's one thing that makes a rock star nervous, it's a girl's parents. The dad is definitely sizing him up a little bit, for sure. And Brett says that his first impression is that they're cool and that dad is a good old boy who just wanted to party and hang out. It's so interesting that he wasn't concerned about the moms at all. Anytime you get him in a talking head, he'd be like, oh, yeah, the parents are cool, especially or like the parents, however he felt about the parents well, in general, but then would yes. talk specifically about the dad. Well, I feel like because like as he says the rock star thing, but it's kind of like daddy's little girl. As opposed I mean, to anything first else. of all, speaking from personal experience, not everybody has that dynamic, and I'm not just going into no, dead yeah. dad territory. But like, even for you, like for me, it was a bigger deal about how my mom felt about you than how my dad felt about you. No, that's true. and that was always the case in all my relationships. But I feel like because this is just a TV show, where he's going to no, be I more think also Brett is pretty like patri- patriarchal and like you know I think also their moms true. their moms also didn't have like super strong personalities like yeah. they're funny but the dads just kind of all had stronger personalities yeah but I just think it's interesting that Brett was just like only really focused on the dad and not about the parents as a unit just then so they talk about sports a little bit uh Heather's dad's a Jaguars fan and they're talking about how Brett's like oh yeah they always beat the Steelers I mean I don't know football enough during this time so I'm trying oh I thought they said he was a Giants fan no he said Jags and then Brett just joked he's about in, the Because he's in Florida. Oh, okay. I thought wow. it was Giants, but I guess I just... No captions. I guess I just misheard, yes. But I know because he started joking about the Jaguars. Yeah. So Lacey and Jess are eavesdropping from outside the kitchen, and they're like, oh, wow, something's like definitely going on today. Observant. Brilliant. Presidential scholar level. There you go. Jess's parents arrive next, Deb and Jim. I just think it's so funny that, like, if you were to be with Jess, it would be another girl whose mom is also named Deb. Because your mom's name is Deb and my mom's name is Deb. It's it's funny. So she cries as she hugs her parents and (laughs) her dad goes, uh, like, and he just is so, like, stereotypical kind of, like, I would almost say, like, cartoon dad where it's, like, he's loving but a little dopey and clueless where he's, like, oh, are you crying because you're happy? And Jess is just like, I guess she kind of threw her tears. Like, yes. not if she says yes. Either thought, way, yeah. she she might say it or not. It doesn't really matter. But she goes, he goes, okay, good news. Like, obviously she's crying because... She- well, it's not, <laughs> yes. It's not like, wait, are you crying because you want us to sneak you out of here right now? <laughs> right, are you okay? Like... It's like Jonestown. Like, they slide her a note. It's like, they oh, seem to have, like, a pretty regular, healthy, normal, really. I mean, how healthy is relative? Because mm. some of their conversations are a little weird. But, you know, like, in general, they seem to have a very close relationship. Some it's, could argue yes. a little too close. It but... seems like, I know I said at the time, it's always like, save it. But Well, like, I thought this was interesting because she, like, she's like, oh, my God. Like, I look like such a pussy right now. And her parents don't even bat an eye. No. Where, like, I her think... parents are her best friends. I mean, well, the thing is, like, I swear in front of my mom, but I think, like, 
if I were to say, like, oh, my God, I look like such a pussy, I think my mom, especially if we were in front of cameras, she'd be like, oh, my God, Sonia. Like, <laughs> That's yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think the cameras add an element of that, too. Brett says in a talking head that he pictured, like, a very uptight banker and a judgmental mom. But, like, he gets down there and it's the best surprise he's ever gotten. So they're talking in Jess's room and, like, Jim goes oh that's he's jim right yes the dad yeah. is jim i don't know why i already forgot but he's like oh did jess tell you about her like baby booby fund whatever and brett's like yeah oh no first he goes how's it going with this thing pointing to jess <laughs> that's and funny then, and then he asks about the booby fund and then points to his wife and his daughter and goes look at the contrast here i love it's obviously a joke. He's not saying it to be like creepy. It's just like weird. I just feel like it's a weird thing to say. I mean, it's probably just a big joke in their house. They're I'm all sure very comfortable is. with each and other. And I listen. I appreciate if you're be- married for that long and you're still like happy and in love and all that stuff and still like attracted to each jokes. other. I know, but like making a comment about contrasting your daughter's boobs and your wife's boobs are kind of I mean, weird. yes picture it's a little weird picture 20 something years from now if we you make have, a joke we have like a daughter that, on a show you and then it's like the you, see, you see the difference listen if we have a daughter on the show i'm gonna be full sister patterson up in there unless they're like the same age well i guess it depends if they're like close enough in age i'll probably be like still scoping him out but i'll be a little bit more chill than like some 40 year old rock star with my 23 year old daughter i'll be like this is an affront to god and i don't even fully believe in god so then we uh, no really quick brett says he loved him right from the get-go and it took his level of jess even higher than it already was which i thought was interesting that they included that i mean he could have said it about heather too but i don't actually think that he did no probably not no i don't think that would have ever crossed his mind about heather at all (laughs) Like, basically, in Brett's mind, he's not seeing Heather that way. And he's seeing Jess that way. So he's like, okay, me and her parents get along. I really like them. They seem to like me. That makes me like Jess even more. Then we get an aggressive knock on the door and wonky music, which can only mean one thing. Lacey's dad and stepmom are here. We meet Otis and Karen. Yes. Karen looks like a Karen, I guess. Um, She's like what's funny about her is like she's she's tall and she's skinny and she's blonde and she's clearly younger than her dad who i'm gonna get back to she is older than i would have remembered slash expected but still younger than him like visibly younger than yes him. the dad i said immediately from seeing him because i completely forgot what he looked like reminded me of robert duvall in four christmases aka my favorite christmas That's, movie ever it mix of that and then all i can think in my head like Initial thought is obviously wrestling because there's the guy Otis, but then I go in my head and I just think of the temptations with the like, nobody came to see you, Otis, or whatever yells at him. Nobody came to see you, Otis. Yeah. I was thinking too, he reminded me a lot of that guy, especially because they're from Dallas, that he reminded me of the guy from Marrying Millions. Personality wise, remember the guy with the jacked up teeth that was dating the young Hispanic girl? Marrying Millions. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The one where they go to that really awkward like dinner? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. The only scene I remember. Yes. We only watched, like, what, an episode or two? We watched, I think, halfway through the season. We liked it. We just never what? picked it back up. Yeah, we watched, oh, like, five shit. episodes. All I remember now is that one 
dinner scene. So there was the couple where they met on like seekingarrangement.com or whatever. Oh, now I remember. Why and there's are the- you screaming? There's the also the publishing guy. The one who's like the publishing heir, He's and allowing, they had the kid yes, already, gotcha. and there was like the whole thing about the prenup. The prenup yes, we then, prenup. was there a rich girl? There might have been. No, then then there was the tech guy who we watched yes. like one episode of, and we thought and the they girl were and her friend decent. go to help her move. Oh, into and the there was other the place, lady. And there's the, the girl's like name above the bathtub or something. Like there's that one awkward one. That was the I think. Well, I shouldn't say one awkward. All <laughs> they were all awkward. awkward. Yeah. And then there was the real estate lady who was dating the construction guy. Yes, yes, the Vegas one. Yes. Oh, we need to get back that into that show. That guy was so fucking weird. Well, because remember, he seemed like fine and it seemed legit until he was like really rude to well, her friends. Yes. Well, uh, yes. And then he also was like a hobosexual, like hung out in her house all the time, which like, I mean, I don't fucking believe Well, because he lives at home with his parents. Right. He lived at home with his parents. And if you had the choice between your girlfriend's mansion and living at home with your parents, but I don't know, like, I guess maybe it's because I had an ex-boyfriend who did that, like hung out in my fucking apartment when I wasn't there and it was like weird and annoying and he wouldn't go I mean, in that case, it's like if they care about each other as much as they say, like, I don't know. We I didn't get through the rest of the season, things. and there was yeah. no season. T- well, there isn't like a season them, two. Yeah, you don't tell someone. Obviously, you don't have to tell them the very beginning of the relationship. Hey, I live at home with my parents. You can be like, hey, I went through some of this shit, so I'm at home with my parents because they're what, like forty something, I think. I think at the so. Time. And be like, that's why I really like it here. I feel like we have more freedom and blah blah blah. Like, there's oh, really, and there was, was the, really remember there was the baseball though. player's wife too. That was the show with the baseball oh, player's Josh ex-wife. Oh, Josh Hamilton's ex-wife. The ex-wife. And she's dating the f- daughter's friend or the guy that the daughter knew. Oh, yeah. Oh. If you love 90 Day Fiance, which I'm sure a lot of you do, you have to find Mary Millions on Hulu. It is so good. Anyway, the reason for the season. Lacey says that she and her dad are really close and she's definitely daddy's little girl. He asks if she's ready to come home yet, and she replies, I've got two more girls' asses to kick. Kiss? Kick? Oof. Yikes. <laughs> Lacey is giving them a tour around the house, and I thought this was an interesting parallel to the Sister Patterson intro, like the very first time we meet her, because Lacey shows them the album cover, and she's like, haha, guess who got to play the devil? And the dad looks like fully disappointed, and her face just drops. And she plays it off in a talking head, but it reminded me back in season one of Flavor of Love, where they were showing her around, Sister Patterson and Alex, and there was, like, the painting of Flav and, like, a naked woman and, or something, it was, like, maybe the Garden of Eden or something, and she's like, this is disgusting. You have no recollection of this whatsoever. I have somewhat of an idea of when that happened. It was like I always just right remember the tennis thing there. where she's talking shit the whole time. Yeah. Never, Tiffany. Never. <laughs> ever. Brett says in a talking head that he already met Otis, coincidentally, on a flight a number of years ago. My guess is that Lacey probably told him. Because I don't see Brett being the kind of person to remember faces. Besides the fact that he's famous, like, I just feel like he's one of those people that you have to meet a couple times before they remember who you are. I mean, I guess it depends. It's the way- I just get that vibe The way him. Brett speaks about it. Because he's like, oh, yeah, like, we were on the flight. And if well, this guy's like, think... successful, they're probably both in first class. And no, he's like, here's... we talked about music I'm and sure, life. And it's is, like, oh, okay. do you okay. think that, like, like, a dude like Otis, like, he's probably- Brett's probably, like, while waiting for his flight or on his flight, has had a million conversations with a million guys 
guys just like Otis throughout his life. I guarantee what happens is Lacey's dad tells that story. And when he knew she was going to be on the show with him, he was like, oh, tell him that you met him through. Like, I met him that time through this thing. So him and Lacey probably have talked about it before. So Brett probably is like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember. And but then, like, Brett says that he remembers thinking the guy is kind of odd. I just think that's more hindsight to, like, give more context. Well, it's post-production. Yeah, yeah, it's all definitely context to, like, just prove from the get-go that they're not going to get along. Otis goes through the story and says that he showed Brett a picture of Lacey, who, when they said it happened probably about seven, six, seven years prior, that would have meant Lacey was 22, 23, 24. So Otis showed him a picture of Lacey. And then Brett, in full Brett form, asked if he she was, like, available. And Otis was like, she's too young for you. Which, why are you just showing him a picture of your daughter? Maybe, I guess, because the music thing would be my guess, That's, too. Yeah, no, it could be that. And they could have just talked about, it. oh, do you have kids? Yeah, I got daughters. Oh, I got a daughter, too. Here's a picture of her. And the thing about otis and brett having this conversation prior like it could have been like a really nice meet cute under less awkward circumstances also true brett says in a talking head that otis gave him a little bit of cross eye because he was very protective of his daughter then so brett could only imagine that things aren't going to be that different now he's like something in my mind is telling me that there's a ticking time bomb about to explode and i can see it in otis's eyes Brett brings everyone to the living room and tells them that he's excited to learn a lot of the dirt about their daughters because instead of actually getting to know people, Brett loves tea. He says that he'll be doing something with Heather's family first and then the rest of them can all sit tight. So he takes Heather and her parents to the Saddle Ranch Chop House. They are currently open for indoor dining. Do with that information what you will. 4.4 on Google, 4.5 on TripAdvisor, but 3.5 on Yelp. So I'm going to average that around a four, four and a quarter, yeah. right? Brett orders what he calls a beer bong, but like that, when I think beer bong, it's, it's a beer tower basically. Yes. And I don't know if this is like a regional thing. I mean, granted it looks like a bong, Yes. but when I think beer bong, y'all, I think like the funnel, right? Well, yes. Like, when you like... Don't you, when you it's think, where, if yes. somebody said to you, I'm bringing a beer bong, would you think a beer tower or I think a beer a funnel? funnel? I right, think it, yes. exactly. Brett actually serves the table. Despite the props that I've been giving him so far, he does not deserve any from here on out. And Brenda, <laughs> I, I did enjoy Brenda a lot. Like, she was like a little sassy. And she's like, oh, I don't drink that, babe. Minus, <laughs> minus just... the one. Thing. Oh, right. Oh, my God. I forgot. Oh, sorry. I take that back. Oh rewind heather says they're heather's like oh we'll get you a screwdriver (laughs) oh boy brett then goes which goes right into we'll get with the dad oh in a few what brett says about him i was like oh shit so brenda goes i guess like they're all like you know like laughing and whooping it up drinking telling stories brenda goes Tell him about the Chinese that was next to you. And you've asked me, because we've rewound it a few times, because you said the even, caption showed it. The caption said Chinese. I listened to it like five times. Yes. I can't imagine I've rewound it saying three times myself, Chinese. just to make sure. The Chinese it had that to was be. sitting next to you. And it's some, they don't, we don't get like the full story in context, but it's about some guy that's like smelling bad or like farting. No, we get, what happens is he says something about, oh, keeps farting over here. And like what, 
the story in the end ends up about being, I guess, the person had a baby with them. I don't think like, and I yell, change that baby's diaper. That's how the story wraps up. Well, it's like the story is kind of told very choppily. So I feel like there is probably more context, not that it would make the Chinese any better. No, not at all. No, with what she said. No, it's terrible. Yes. So Brent loves that they immediately hit the bottle and were telling jokes. Heather says in a talking head that she loves that her dad says crazy shit and she's glad that it was making Brett laugh because she found it funny. I don't know. As somebody who had a, like who had a dad with like zero chill, I was always more mortified than I was. Like this is a situation minus her mom saying the Chinese thing. But no, if I'm chilling at a table like her dad yeah, says someone if bats I'm an eye about the Chinese If I'm sitting there like, drinking and, like, I have a couple beers, the dad has a couple, and, like, the shit, the way he's talking, I'd probably be laughing my ass off, too. I know, but if I was Heather, I'm talking about if I was Heather, I'd be a little more embarrassed, mm-hmm. probably. But, I don't know. Maybe I just had a different relationship with my parents. Mm. Anyway, Brett's, like, in tears laughing. He's like, oh, I haven't fucking laughed that hard in fucking forever. And Heather's like, yeah, my family is so funny. Like, all you do is laugh and peer pants. And, like, my cousin, like, oh, my God, my cousin's, like, the funniest person you've ever met in your life. Brett then asks if anyone's going to ride the mechanical bull. And because Heather is basically that princess from the beginning of coming to America at this point, she's just like, whatever you like. She doesn't actually say that, but that's the vibe I got. Well, he pretty much says, like, you have to ride the bull. Yeah, he says in a talking head that he decided it was going to be Heather that was going to do it. And she does okay for herself. No, she does fine up there. She talks a lot about her tatters, which all of a sudden she just starts calling her, her tits boobs? her tatters. She says, yeah. she says tatters? Twice. That's weird. That he, now and later on. Weird. Yeah, she says her tatters are shimmy shaking everywhere. Ma'am, they are not See, I really can see moving. a slight <laughs> shimmy or shake, but once she goes like they're they Shimmy shaking everywhere? It's no. when she says flopping, and I want to be like, and she's got like a solid, she's got like a pretty good boob job too. Like we've said that from the no, beginning. they look fine, but like, sis, they're not moving. <laughs> they're like pretty stiff. That's why I say when it's shimmy, whatever. All right, there's some bounce there when the dude hits her on like the front Relax. and they hit the little bounce. But when she said flopping, <laughs> this was like, nah, wrong choice of words. She does eventually get thrown off, and she said she's Boob glad she serious. got okay. She's glad she got up there, even though uh, threw her on her ass, and she'll risk anything to p- please Brett. Whatever you like. I thought it was funny when Brett kind of goes like, "Yeah, like Heather's dad." He's like, "I look one minute, I look again, and the beer tower is empty, pretty much." Yeah. And then you're like, "Well, the mom wasn't drinking it. Heather, he wasn't drinking it. He had like a small Heather glass. Drinking He's drinking it. something." No, so I think that Brett, Heather, and her dad were drinking the beer. I'm sure Brett's having some of the beer. Maybe. Well, when it cuts to it pouring. later, I think that the dad did most of the heavy lifting. Yes. That, though. That's the vibe I got. Also, like Heather was in the middle of eating when she got called up to the mechanical bowl. Well, With than... a stomach full of beer and steak. At least it's in the middle instead of right after, because that's where everything's going to change. I I don't think that's a fun time. Make more have... room for more. Heather says it was one of the best dates she's ever been on. Brett says in a talking head that he really enjoyed himself and learned a lot about Heather when he watched her with her parents. She pulls no punches. She was straight. She was open. And her parents were open. That's the way I am. And that's the sort of family I come from. They seem like they had fun. Yeah, they looked like they got along yeah. they very fit. well. It's weird how they, we've said since day one, and it's kind of like he's also kind of, 
don't want to use the word friend zone, but they've seen oh, like I'm going to use the word friend zone yeah. for sure. Like they've seen like friends. Like she seems like someone who would be the usual, like almost like almost famous. How Kate Hudson's just always around the band and chilling. A groupie. I'm trying to be more polite about it. <laughs> we did this last but week. Anyway, it seems like she'd be the friend that's always there and stuff and whatnot. But like that's why, like even him chilling with the family, it seems like they all just get along and have a good time. Technically, it seems like she would have been the best one for him to fucking end up dating. But. I think that Heather deserves better, but I think that, yes, technically they are among the best fit. Yeah. They seem like this is just like, hey, we're going to go here. It's like, oh, great. We'd love to eat at a I place like this. Let's drink and any, have fun. I think and... the problem is he just doesn't have any respect for her, which is a shame. I mean, like, it, it, the dancer thing could be I, it. I don't even know if it's just the dancer thing. I think that it's the dancer thing with also her being old quote unquote and she's what 32 yeah and i think that i don't think that he likes how much she likes him that could be it too you need a little bit of a guard i mean granted he's been calling her his friend and like his insight in the house since like very early on so i don't know if that was ever there but i it's a shame because i think that if he had more respect for her that it could have worked out a lot better Mm. Heather and her family get into the limo while Brett stays behind and gets in another limo for his next date. You actually clocked this. For all the shit I give Mike about not being observant, he noticed something I didn't. Tell them, tell the people what you noticed. Well, we'll get to that when we get back to Lacey. But no, at this point, because it's well, the next- Well, no, it's also oh, well, a little bit- yeah, He changed his clothes now. on this one. Yeah, Which so- I thought, like, well, he's been drinking. Maybe he was like- they're all drinking, having fun, whatever. Maybe he was just kind of sweaty or whatever. All right, change before the next date. I get it. It's cool. What are you going to do? Why not change it up a bit? Yeah, he's in like a little bit more of like an affliction style looking t-shirt yes. as opposed to I, I think mean, this the was other also one, that he was just time in a too. black like, tee. MMA shirts were kind of the thing. Well, Tap I mean, out, affliction, I feel like all to those. those kinds of people, they never really stopped being a thing. Well, yeah. Next is his date with Jess's fam. Brett says that he's going to get Jess's dad rocked up a little bit. So he's taking them to one of the coolest shops on Melrose, Rock and Roll Religion, which is no longer open. We meet Michelle, the fashion expert. Brett says that he wants to give Jess's parents the works, but basically he just lets Michelle give them clothes to try on. Like they're He's just, there giving commentary. They play commentary. dress up in the fucking store. That's the date. Well, it might be some expensive cool clothes. It's like if I'm gonna da- if, yes. yes. If I'm gonna date cool? your daughter for the rock Relative. and roll fandom, it is. It's not. Open your mind. No, I refuse. Uh, <laughs> I do have to give them credit though. They're very good sports about trying things on and yeah. they're really having fun with it. Brett notices that Jess really, really we all know he loves his really reallys, but she really, really gets along with her parents. She's having an awesome time, which it's like good as one should. Like, ideally, you want somebody who gets along with their parents, because y'all know my thing is, like, somebody's relationships with their parents say a lot about how their relationships are with other people, not just romantic relationships, but friend relationships, interpersonal relationships Mm -hmm. in general, just, it's a good indicator, typically. And Brett loves that it's a fun-loving family. Jess looks drunk as hell during this part. Right? Like, you said I it tripping? at one point. Cause you're like, well, because she does have a drink in her hand. I thought she just finally was able to let loose a little more because she has them. I think that it's them. a little bit of both. Like, yes. I think that she is excited to be around her parents and does feel very comfortable around yes. them. And, like, it's a sense of home and normalcy, whatever. But also, I think that but she But she's definitely is... got a buzz going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, you see the drink at one She's point. She's also, like, screaming and being kind of rowdy. She finally let loose a little. You got to see a little bit more of the real one. Yeah, they they dress up the her parents, Jess. which is funny, because they're, like, you know, regular middle American kind of I mean, couple. he looks like, I mean, the dad at one point, he's in, what, like, a polo tucked into his khakis or something? He looks a little bit like doing? Jeffrey Dahmer's dad. What? Oh, you don't know Jeffrey Dahmer's dad, but... No, never met For him. For those of you who do... He looks. He gives me a little Lionel. Dumber In the movie, vibes. he was played by the guy from Insatiable. Yes. If you great seen, movie. Yeah, I was gonna say if y'all haven't so seen underrated. my friend Dahmer, it is so good. It's one of those like you're not gonna get crazy Ross action Lynch. and all this. It's really about. It was by the. It was like a what former friend in high school. Yes, as somebody who read the graphic novel, which you should also check yeah. out. It is from Durf Back Durf. No, that's not his real name. He is a cartoonist and. He basically graduated high school with Jeffrey Dahmer and just talks. And the the graphic novel is basically just like, I, we weren't really friends, friends, but he was like on the periphery of my friend group. And like, if people had paid more attention to him, like, would this have happened? Plus, he also had a really awkward family dynamic. Yes. And like, so it's, I mean, I mean most, I'm assuming a lot of says. you know Jeffrey Dahmer's backstory. Yes. But great movie though. Highly recommend. Ross Lynch acts his fucking ass off. That's the kid. Yes, yes. he's so good. Because it was one of those where when you think about the way it ends, like normally we're not great with movies that don't have action or things really happen. You know, like because this isn't like, hey, let's watch a murder a bunch of people. This is like, hey, here's a yeah, backstory. Yeah, this is all of like his is. right, his childhood, well, but, his teen years. I mean, the movie ends and you're like. It wasn't like you were bored at all or anything. You're like, holy shit, that was actually a really good movie. And the acting, like you just said, was great. Well, he in the does movie. commit a murder at the end. That's well, the they thing. don't show you. They kind of show you. They show you bit. that yes, his first victim. He picks up his first victim. Yes. Anyway, God, we're really off the rails today. Well, you mentioned anything somewhat involving true crime, and it's going to happen with me. Yes, yes, specifically. Yes. They leave Ooh. in their new outfits. What oh, I was going to say. Well. With me, it would be wrestling. But did you see... Uh, oh, boy. No, Romance put out a video with Tim and Cody oh, Rhodes. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is VH1CU News. I forgot. He's the guy. Yes. Forgot to mention it earlier. So if you go check out, yeah, Romance's Twitter, him and Cody... I can't remember what the hell it was in reference to. Because I know Cody's like, you're the guy. He's like, oh, my God. He gets all excited and shit. I'm I hoping it, was, it, means- it was because of that competition, right? Which comes? What are you talking about? Remember, we saw him in the commercial for the AEW. Oh, like, the Sean Spears perfect partner thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that. Well, they kind of went away from that. I well, think. yeah, that's, Sean matter. Spears has a whole new thing going on. Also, we're in a pandemic, so. <laughs> and shout out Cody for standing up for Sunny Kiss, telling that homophobic Not asshole. Shout to kiss out to Cody ass. to the fact that Mike has this fucking ugly tattoo, and we can't even go to see the AEW show now. Ha! So might be a long time. Who knows? This is where we're fucking at. I don't know. I don't know if we ever told that story, but we have to get through the rest of this episode because so much is still happening. Brett says on a scale of one to ten, the date definitely ranks as like a nine and a half, if not a ten. And like I tried to say before we went into the weird wrestling tangent that. And Dahmer. No, post Dahmer pre-wrestling thing <laughs> that they leave in their new outfits and it's kind of cute they, they do like the, the bandana like up yeah. i know it's very funny yeah. then it's time to go eat with lacy's family Uh-oh. which again well, are you gonna say the we... follow-up part yes yes this is where you notice that he's wearing the same outfit for this date that he was wearing with heather 
And her but family the Jess one was different. So it makes me think it's like he went to eat with Heather's family. He went to eat with Lacey's family. Then mentions, hey, later we're going to have dinner. So it's like, so all you did but was eat all day? When, or... Yeah, maybe. But he says, oh, we're going to have lunch with Lacey's family. You didn't have breakfast with Heather's family. I mean, unless you're eating steak and crabs for breakfast. Which so it makes me feel don't like. threaten he, me with a good time. He but... went to the one place. Maybe drank a little, didn't really eat. Now he's going to another place to drink more and maybe eat a little. Like he's just portioning out his food or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how that works with his diabetes either. They go to a place called Eat on Sunset. It is permanently closed, but on Yelp it at a 2.5. Okay. That's not good. It's a little bit classier of a place. We just kind of see the outdoor space, but we can tell it's like a little bit more bistro-y. That's the vibe I got. Cool. Lacey, Brett, and Karen all have beers, but Otis has a white wine. I don't know why I pointed that out. I just thought it was interesting. He just like, I mean, if you were to assume the breakdown of drinks for everybody, I don't know if that's what I would have anticipated. Brett says in a talking head that he was under the impression that he would be able to ask them a lot of questions about Lacey. However, it turned out to be quite the opposite. And her father really took over the conversation. And it was like the Spanish Inquisition. And Brett says this and you're expecting Otis to be just like bragging about himself going on. And like, obviously, we don't see the entire meal. But the first question we see Otis ask is, other than your fame and fortune, what do you have to offer a woman? And I'm sitting there going, that is such a fucking valid question. For a parent to ask someone who's potentially going to date their child. yeah. Yeah. Son or daughter. It's like, yeah. It's definitely valid. And that's the thing, because, like, obviously some of this could be just, like, dad being protective. But, like, that would be my question as a parent. No, it's true. Brett's like, well, I'm pretty easygoing and fun to hang out with, which that's not really. I mean, it's good, but it's yeah. not great. Love going, you know, fun to go to hockey games with. Yeah. Otis then asks how he's going to end his days, and Brett goes, I haven't quite thought that far ahead. Probably retired in a mansion. I mean, ideally, right? I I would have liked to meet Brandy's parents, though, I would like to say. Which Brandy? Brandy M. I honestly like to meet both sets of Brandy's parents. Also true, but yes, but with Brandy M, just because, like, how, like... Fart and burping, like Buffalo, like I would think they that would have been Jess's parents all over again. Oh, really? Like I just get that. Like I think that it would have. The problem is, if Lacey would have been eliminated, and it would have just been Heather's parents, Jess's parents, and Brandy's parents. They yeah. all would have been too chill, and it wouldn't have been interesting. That's true. I get the sense. It'd be funny if they show up and they just pull out a table. And be like, Bill's mafia, Brett. Fuck the Steelers, and like they jump through the table and shit. Yes, I'm telling you, she gives me major Bill's mafia uh. vibe. Otis then asks, like, clarifies that hopefully Brett will never call him dad. And Brett is at this point, like, through all of this, like, fully pissed off. But really, it's like, Brett is really that narcissistic that he is, like, so insulted and says in multiple talking heads that he's so insulted that someone would be asking him questions, which is, like, they want to make sure that you're da- like, you know, like they want to get to know the person who wants to date their daughter. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And I think Otis is kind of being a douche, but he's also kind of concerned about his kid. I mean, I wish they only show us a certain amount of things. But then like the, the follow up questions we see Otis ask are, how do you stay thin? Do you play golf? Are you from Oklahoma and are your parents still alive? Those are all, I mean, how do you stay thin is a little bit personal, but the other three are all 
perfectly normal icebreaker questions? Yeah. You know what? I guess because Brett is, like, so bad at all of this because he only knows how to tell stories about himself and, like, find out the tea about what's going on in the house that he remember like only last episode or maybe the episode before is finally on a date where he's like what makes you think that you're right for me like that's when you're asking these fuck he doesn't know how dates work or like how any of this getting to know parents situation Mm -hmm. works he's immediately on the defensive when he doesn't need to be and he's like oh i feel like a boxer trapped in the corner you know whatever and it's like or this is how most times meeting somebody's parents are for the most part. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's, like it's a like, little bit more of a third degree, but it's not out of the realm of possibility for him to be asking you questions. And some of these questions are perfectly normal icebreaker questions. And it's like you said, we don't see everything. So we don't know if there's times where maybe he gives him attitude or asks some stupid well, shit. Well, he or does. Whatever. So the thing he says next is because Brett's like, oh, is there some kind of hot sauce on these fries? Or is it just my tongue that's on fire? Which I'm like, mm, hot sauce fries. Then Otis goes, I think it's all the lies you're telling, which I think was more like a joke that didn't land. I mean, plus, than... based on everything we saw, Brett hasn't really answered anything. Like, right, it's just exactly. like question, question, question. It's like, well, and what Brett, could he have lied about? And Brett, of course, then is like us. pissed and he's like, oh, I'm like, I'm just asking if anybody's mouth burned for the hot sauce besides mine. Like, I haven't even gotten a lot. I haven't even gotten the chance to lie yet because I haven't gotten a word in edgewise. And it's like, but also you're being really short with him. Because you're insulted that somebody has the audacity to question what makes you the catch. Which, like, like Brett, oh, I'm a motherfucking rock star. Fuck off. No, but, like, that's not good enough. Like, it's not a good enough redeeming enough thing. I'm sorry. It's not. I would be concerned, too. Like, deeply concerned. Especially given the age gap. Not that Otis is they're not in a position yes, to judge. I would say they're not as bad. As like Brett or Jess as example, but yes. and my question about this too, I forgot if I had this later on or not. But like, I would literally pay money for somebody to ask Brett now, as the parent of two, you know, early twenties, late teen daughters, is like, how comfortable would you feel if the roles were reversed, where your daughter I'm was trying on a to show like, like this, competing like a forty-year-old rock star right now? Just really, like we've said a thousand. Well, times. that's different. But you know what I mean? Like, if they, like, to JT, bring it back I feel like, to is, our... a, is a higher level of fame than Brett Michaels was. That's true. But imagine, like, the All American Reject singer. <laughs> oh my God. Well, no, he's probably not as famous as Brett Michaels. I don't know. I don't know who's, like, famous. I mean, rock but it stars aren't really, really rock stars. Like, anymore. It's, it's not the it, same. But, but it doesn't really matter, though, because it's yes. like, if like, I guarantee. Would you be comfortable with your daughter going on any dating show involving a guy that's, like, 45 when she's 22? And nice I, and easy, simplify. Even yeah. beyond that, like I think, even if just I could see Brett because Brett, like many dads who are ain't shit kind of people, I know because I had one. They like love to give boyfriends the fucking third degree because they know how men are because they were those guys. Well, that's my yes. dad loved to tell me that I was his punishment because of how much of an ain't shit kind of guy he was to women through his life. That Which, is fair. So. <laughs> like you know all that burden that i have to live with as well you know an idea of what goes on in my head on a day-to-day basis it does make a lot of times where it's like where the dad worries about the daughter it's like well i'm not worried about her i'm worried about guys how guys are and it's like well you're just telling on yourself like i just got into an argument with some trump guy the other day who was like you know because somebody brought up the whole like grab him by the pussy thing 
And he was like, that's just how men are. And I'm like, no. no? And I'm like, that might be how you are. Yeah. And you are telling on yourself, you probable rapist. And listen, you know, there's a lot about consent that is murky. And I'm not justifying that at all. But like, I would have, and you know, you don't know somebody's full interior life or like how people are when they're not around you. But like, I would say with confidence that you're not a grabber by the pussy type guy. Who, me? Yeah. No, I would just, no. You can't just walk them <laughs> and do that I would say that with confidence, you know? So, I mean, it's the hashtag, I mean, I hate to be hashtag not all men, but like, that's like the weirdest thing to be like, oh yeah, all men are this way. And it's like, no, ew. ew. Like, there's times, like, that's where they say, oh, it's locker room talk. It's like, no, like, the difference is in this case, like, I think the calling way- it locker room talk isn't out of the realm of possibility, but to say that no. all men are like this is, exactly. is like, It's one of those, whoa. like, he's not saying, like, relax. he wasn't on the recording just saying it necessarily as like, oh, it's guys just fucking around and talking. It's like, no, he was saying it because he's like considered rich and powerful so he would literally just walk up to women at parties and shit and literally just like hey fuck it and throw his hand in and it's kind of like oh throw his hand in (laughs) well not to be yeah you know what i mean but either way i think it was more just like you can tell when a guy is ancient and how he like treats his daughter as a result of that but i mean especially him he's a fucking rock star who probably had tons of groupies backstage and all this stuff who let a woman get a fucking tattoo of his name on her his name on her neck i don't know why i can never get that phrasing down but just you don't have a ton of respect for women and the gag is like i think if you ask brett michaels he would say that he does that he would say he loves women and it's just like um, um, like, I feel like there's, like, a level of entitlement there that makes me kind of feel the opposite, but I don't know. I feel like it's probably have a, it's hard to have, like, healthy relationships with anyone when you've been famous for so long and, like, what you, what your expectation is of a relationship when you've been famous for so long and have so many people willing to do so much for you. I mean, a lot seems like that's why, like, celebrities date celebrities. Where the exactly. fuck were we again? Now we're going, you just mentioned the hot sauce thing. So pretty much what happens is Lacey's dad then says, well, will you marry again? Brett says he doesn't know. Which, was he even married? I don't think he was ever married in the first place. I don't know. Maybe he was? I meant to look that up, but I forgot. No, wasn't he married? That's what everyone says it's Thorne. I thought he said he was with someone, broke his heart, and I thought they got divorced. I thought it was just that they were Well, either way, because the dad then brings up the prenup thing, because he's a wealthy man. Yeah, so, which, again, I'm always pro-prenup. It's like, I don't. There's a lot of people that are so against it and Jessica crazy. Jessica Simpson but it's got like, screwed out of so much money because she didn't sign one the first time around. What, like he got a bunch of her now uh-huh, money? Huh? Because he was more successful when they started out in the marriage. So they didn't sign one. That was that's always why I've been on board with prenups because when they when Wait, Jessica but, Simpson and Nick Lachey got married, he was significantly more famous than her. So mm-hmm. she was like, I I forgot exactly like who was against it, so they decided not to do it. But then by the end of their marriage, she is not only a huge celebrity and then between the TV show and whatever, she also had started the business, I think. So by the end of the show, that is all starting for her. The, no, like by the, the clothing time- and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. By the time, by the end of their marriage. Yes. Not well, just not, the show, well, but didn't their the show marriage. end at the same time as the marriage? I mean, probably a little bit before. Yeah, the show oh, okay. ended kind of because the marriage was ending, but. Because I remember I thought we watched it on I Love the. And they said, like, oh, like, the end of the show is, like, them packing because they're divorced now, but it was, like, a mutual divorce or some shit. 
I don't remember. I, that I don't part, know the story. But either Never way, the show. get a fucking prenup. Just make sure you have a decent lawyer look it over and make sure that you'll get money at the end of the day. So pretty much. Oh wait, oh, side note too that Otis is like, oh, I live in a big house and I drive great cars and I wear great clothes, which is questionable because you are in a like nighttime Tommy Bahama shirt. Tee. Like you're not. It's expensive. Maybe. So? Just because it's expensive. In the words of Luanne de la Sebs, honey, even Louis Vuitton makes mistakes. Mm. Brett is obviously very insulted by the prenup question. I now, mean, I could look at Brett looking and be like, dude, do you know who I am? Yeah, but like, here we are 13 years later and he's on the fucking mass Singer. Do you think he's doing that because he's got like a pile of money? He's probably got another know. album coming out and I'm pretty sure he's still oh, he collecting th- fucking checks right now. I bet Brett Michaels is doing just that, fine for I'm himself. I'm not sure that, okay, but like, you're also probably estimating. Get, no one's getting Seinfeld money, so I can't really say that, but. And Brett, as, as, as decent as Brett, my, well, not anymore, but as decent well, yeah. as Brett Michaels might be doing, I get the sense that Lacey's dad has money. Hmm. I Googled it. He's, um, he does jingles, like commercial jingles. Really? So yeah. he's like Hugh Grant in About a Boy? Where his dad made a Christmas song, so now Hugh Grant just lives on the royalties? Basically. But I think, I mean, he's still working, too, by the sounds of it. And, like, he probably probably invested in a lot of stuff. So it seems like... Well, that's where he says, I I know people... I get the sense that Lacey's dad, like, has money. That was also what gave me the Marrying Millions vibe, too. Hmm. That I think that, like, it's... He's not just protecting his, like, regular rich dude money. Like, I think that he's got Brett whooped. You know? Well, because he also does go into what we find out later with like she has investments or whatever. That's her money. It's like, yeah, whoa. I mean, I've got questions about that. But it's we like, can... so your family's so rich, you can literally just try to do whatever the fuck you want. That's I how it we, we'll get back into yeah. that if we can ever fucking get to that point in the show. But Brett is really insulted, and I thought it was a little bit like you said, where it's like, well, I'm famous, like I have my own money, whatever. Yeah, I'm doing and, just fine for and myself. And it's clearly like a little bit of a power move too, where it's just like, okay, fine, you might be a rock star. I mean. And it's also not out of the realm of possibility to think that just because he's a rock star doesn't mean he's not going to like have a bad there's that whole documentary the 30 for 30 broke i mean obviously athletes are different yeah. but like you know all it takes is like one bad investment or like this is right before the recession and then you know what i mean yeah. like it's not like being a rock star is like a stable form of income that's true. So, I mean, it's not in the realm of possibility for Lacey's dad to be like, um, yeah, no. Like, and obviously, I'm sure, like, when he eventually dies, he's le- leaving Lacey, like, a buttload of money. It's yeah. perfectly reasonable that he would want to prenup. So, I also get the sense, though, that Brett is letting his inner working class Pennsylvania boy come out a little bit. It's a little... It's a little, like, like wrong side of the My family was tracks. blue collar, like, like yeah. Right, like, the idea that you know i would just be after her like basically it's just like oh you think you you're better than me because you have money but he also didn't know that she had money he's like yo he's like all she does is say oh she's a starving artist and now all of a sudden her dad's loaded that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking now like in the course of this conversation the idea that this guy is just talking about his money and how much stuff he owns and like and how rich he is and now saying the only way you could be with my daughter in a serious way is like this thing that a lot of people feel like is a violation of trust because that comes up in the wedding groups all the time people are like i just feel like it's like a bad sign for my marriage and like do you not have health insurance because you think it's a bad sign for your health 
Do you not have car insurance because you think it's a bad sign that you might get in an accident? No, you stupid bitch. You're insured. It's insurance. So everybody can be treated fairly if, God forbid, the time comes. Yeah. I just think that he's like a little bit offended or very much offended that he's that Lacey's dad is treating Brett like he's beneath him because he doesn't have as much money. Mm. And I feel like also Brett feels like he like worked for his money too. That he's like, oh, what are you saying? It's not good enough. I mean, he does being a musician or I guess on the level of fame at one point that he actually did have where they're like, Tony. it does seem that like that could it takes be a too a little toll. bit of like a thing too, where he's, it's that same thing. Like I said about the Justin Timberlake thing where it's like, it's basically the implication that he's a has been. That, yeah, no, that's true. That could be thrown in as well. But I mean, I'm like, unless you're somebody like fucking share like Celine Dion, like that level of famous, your income source isn't guaranteed. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know how many Gen Z people would actually know who the fuck Brett Michaels is. Good, I don't know how don't well know. I'd know Brett Michaels if I didn't spend my entire childhood not having friends and watching VH1, you know? Yeah. Brett says at this point that he's not also he's pissed because he's like, I'm not even asking her to marry me yet. Like, I'm just trying to date her. And this puts me in a funk. Although the captions thought it said fuck. Hmm. Put him in a fuck. That's pretty funny. Otis then says something that's kind of cringy where he goes, Lacey is one of the few young women in the world who has her own money, which is like, welcome to the 21st century or welcome to join us. Brett says in a talking head that all he's ever been told about Lacey was that she's a starving musician and barely gets by. I kind of wondered, I wrote, if this is like a Jasmine thing. Like from Aladdin. Where like, you know how she just wants to be regular? (laughs) Like she pretends to be poor so she could like, so somebody could not marry. Well, so it's just like she doesn't want anybody to realize she's like a princess. So she just plays it like she's just some poor musician. Some regular townsperson. I mean, it is surprising when you're watching the show and that's how she makes herself sound. I'm not actually that surprised. And y'all know my memory isn't great. And the memory for the show in general, she comes across very privileged. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So finding out that she had a lot of money wasn't like completely out of left field for me. Otis also says the thing about Lacey is that she's a presidential scholar, which I'm thinking like she's been out of college, like high school, like probably a decent amount of time now that that's not really a flex anymore. But she never does drugs. She doesn't smoke. She doesn't drink a whole lot, which obviously they have to do flashbacks of her drinking her entire time throughout the show. But in her defense, she's on vacation. Yeah. Like who I am on vacation is not who I am when I go out to bars with my friends. And if she's touring and stuff, like if she I don't go to bars with with my friends currently. By the way. Technically, you can't, but. And you can. Not where we live. People, it's not stopped a couple restaurants by us. Like, because there's outdoor dining is still a thing. Yeah. So people still go to bars. And he says that his daughter has never disappointed him. Brett says in a talking head that he's starting to wonder a little bit if Lacey's dad knows everything that she's been doing while she's in the house. Otis then asks one more question, and I fucking lost it. He asks Brett if there's hair underneath his hat. Lacey and or Karen laugh at this, and Brett is just done. He's done. I mean, it's disrespectful, but, like, I feel like if it was somebody that he was getting along with better, he would have been a better sport about it. Because he kind of pauses, too, where it's like, like, I mean, he's obviously self-conscious. He could have, like, 
you know, his hairline could be going back and all that shit. Well, I think, like, I think the only thing that would make it, like, a little bit less insulting is, like, Lacey's dad is balding, you know? Oh, yeah. Just one balding but it's guy the way to another. He's been like in, uh, it's the way he's been like speaking Like on Golden Girls, time, where though, Stan, been, Stan does that to the auditor, remember? No. Where he's, like, where the auditor is a, a black guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, us brothers in the struggle. And the guy's like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, us bald men. Oh, no, I don't remember that one. <laughs> But oh it's gosh. also where it seems like he's been speaking down to him the whole time. Yeah, definitely. I think that Brett, if it had been, uh, you know, Heather's dad or Jess's dad that had asked, he would probably still be a little insulted, but he would take it a little bit more in stride than yeah. somebody who's been kind of talking down to him the entire time. Lacey says in a talking head that Brett was probably a little shaken up by my dad at lunch, but that's not exactly how I wanted things to go. And I'm a little bit worried that things about what might be going through brett's mind they get up from the table and brett says in a talking head that they're headed back to the house because he planned a dinner with all the parents and says in a t- as well that there's a side of lacy that's absolutely beautiful however there's a side of lacy that says that she hides quite a few things and that's a concern for me i don't know quite yet if i believe her just yet that is his words not a mistype hmm now we're back at the house, and as Lacey and her family are getting ready in their room, because this house makes no fucking sense to me, Heather, because it was her room too, just walks out with her underwear on, like a thong on, and a towel covering her boobs. Well, she might have been getting changed or getting ready or doing something. I'm sorry, and this is not to blame Heather, because, I mean, it is her room, I just feel like if there's guests in general where I am or people I'm not comfortable being naked around, I make a more conscious effort to change in places where they are less likely to see me. I mean, I guess she just wasn't expecting people back at that time, maybe. That's true, but she also, like continues to get dressed in the well, room. Well, at that point, I feel like Lacey's dad should have been like, oh, excuse me, let right? me walk that out for a so moment. That was so weird, because he fucking stays in the room and is, like, checking the whole time. Heather out, yeah. And Lacey's like, oh, like, the first thing we notice is Heather standing there topless and drunk, which is like, that's not what happened. She was coming back into the room that she was in. Exactly. And granted, she was like a lot more chill, but I mean, I guess as a stripper, you're like, people have seen my boobs. It's not that big of a deal. Lacey's dad then asked some weird question about like the windows not opening because it's hot in there. It like took me a couple listens to figure out what he was asking. And Lacey says, I would never act that way in front of somebody else's parents, which like is kind of what I just said, but also like it's Heather's room. And like Mike said, he should have fucking left. Like, it's a moment where, like, I picture, imagine, like, Jess and her parents are kind of walking in. No one knows she's, Heather's in there. And then, like, all of a sudden she pokes out of the bathroom corner to be like, oh, shit, like, sorry, getting dressed or I was doing this. They probably would be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And they would have walked what out of the room. What are you talking about hypothetically? Like, what would you do? If you saw one of my friends getting dressed, would you stand there and watch? No. Or would you fucking leave no. the room so they could have privacy uh, to would, get dressed? It would be awkward. Be, it would just be like, oh, shit, sorry cover my fit like you put your hand up to the side of the face to yes. block your view of where they are you just, walk out of the fucking and room only, and you wait and not even that not only is he not leaving the room he's like not averting his gaze either and, and there's finally a cut of him like laying on a bed where she's still like kind of in front of him 
getting fully like, dressed. Yeah, like, right? It's like, like, bro, just... like, just leave the room for a few minutes. Oh, it's Stop so weird. Like, it. Oh, excuse me. Ooh. Hadley <laughs> says in a talking head, she's like, so I walk out and Lacey's dad is just staring at my tatters. Again, with the tatters. And she's like, it's freaking me out. Like, creepy, creepy, creeper town. She says the weirdest fucking things. Like, I don't know what planet she's on that these are, like, normal expressions in her world. Mm -hmm. We cut outside and then to Lacey's family sitting in the living room. And Lacey's... I don't really know what to do with Lacey and Heather's relationship. Because she's like, you know, Heather is really nice, but she is a stripper. And we see Otis making this weird face, which is probably out of context, because he kind of looks like he's looking lacy up and down in that moment. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what that has to do with anything. And Lacey says in a talking head, I don't think Brett really needs to be with a stripper right now if he's at home with his children and she's in a club somewhere grinding on some men. That's not in his best interest. First of all, sex worker shaming is gross. Yes. And the idea that somebody can't be a sex worker and have a perfectly normal, healthy relationship is absurd. Also, I get the sense that this is probably an interview from another context that they put in here. That's, yeah, just edit. I don't know why, I don't know what gives me that vibe about it, but, like, I don't buy it. But I think it's really interesting that Lacey is, like, so concerned about her parents' approval, because then, like, we see Lacey giving Karen a tour of the house, and, like, she shows them the stripper pole, and Karen's like, did you do anything on it? And Lacey's like, oh, definitely not. And then Lacey decides she wants to take this moment to really mess with Heather, and is like calling out, Heather, I want to see you do some moves on the pole. And Heather just glares at her and walks away. Yeah, Heather's and, just over her shit. Well, because it's like, obviously it was going to have to come to this point eventually. Where at some point it was going to be the two of you competing against each other. Because it's just down to you guys. Yes. And maybe another person in this case. But we'll talk about this a little bit more about like heather feeling like she got thrown under the bus but like also i feel like lacy is doing a lot to prove to her parents like i'm not like this i'm you know like she it was going to have to eventually so heather being so upset about it is like a little over dramatic but at the same time it's also about the way lacy is throwing her under the bus yeah like all of a sudden from being like oh it's fine like everything's cool like it's not like lacy didn't know that she was a stripper and now suddenly to just be like making fun of her for it is i'm sure very insulting and as we can and as we've heard heather say like she's not super comfortable with it like about being a stripper and not really proud of herself and whatever so i don't know heather kind of can clock what lacy's up to and she's in a talking head like oh she she played me like she's played everyone in the house but it's not going to work and Heather is, like, giving her parents the lowdown. She's like, listen, part of the challenge is here. I've been making out with other women. I've been topless, you know, talking dirty and stuff. Like, none of this should be, like, a surprise to you guys. Although, I don't know what challenge has them making out with each other, but sure. Basically, she's doing this, and she admits to them and to us, the audience, is that, like, that way when Lacey, because she knows Lacey is going to be like, oh, well, do you know what Heather's been up to? And they can at least be like, yeah, we know. Heather tells them the other parents have no idea about what's been going on here. And she's going to call them the fuck out. But really, like, it's just like she doesn't have an issue with Jess. And Jess also hasn't really been up to anything. Yeah. 
Heather says in a talking head that even though Brett planned this nice dinner for everyone to get to know each other, she's going to use it as an opportunity to call Lacey out in front of her dad because she needs to be exposed. Big John calls all the families in for dinner and Brett is going to be out shortly. Jess says in a talking head that she wasn't really looking forward to it. Given the fact that Lacey says in a talking head that given the fact that all three families come from completely different backgrounds, and this is given us in the context of like Lacey saying something about thinking she needed to use the target plates they have around the house, but instead their fancy plates set up and like you hear Jess's dad go, we're comfortable with the target plates basically to make them sound like some kind of fucking hick. You know, I don't know about it. I thought it was kind of well, like, like, he's hey, like, like, we're simple people. We're, we don't yeah. need them fancy plates. You know, no, I didn't see it like that at all. I mentioned more as like, yeah, we're just normal people. We have no issues whatsoever using. No, I know. But like, it's also put in juxtaposition as Lacey going like, we just come from completely different backgrounds. And, you know, we don't have anything in common with each other at all. And. But then that's also juxtaposed with her at the table going, oh, my gosh, it's so nice to meet everybody. Cheers. Cheers. And Jess, like, from the get-go is like, this dinner was awkward as hell. Like, <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. Just tense. We get a bunch of, like, ASMR-style, like, knife clanking, like, clearing throats, whatever. They're all actually eating what looks like salads when Brett comes out, which I had to laugh. It's like, right in front of my salad. Oh, God. All this happens right in front of salads. Heather cheers when he comes out, finally, when Brett comes out. Why does she have a cowboy hat on at the table? I am unclear. Brett says he can tell from the get-go that there's definitely a funk in the air. Lacey says in a talking head that in spite of the fact that it was kind of a strange and awkward vibe, my dad, Karen, and I are always there to have a good time and make the most out of any situation. So, of course, we take the initiative to kind of get conversation going. <sighs> Lacey, uh, Jess says that Lacey and her dad, being the two fuckers that they are, decided that they should get everybody's bios and see who is the best for Brett. So, because, like, Otis is straight up asking Jess, like, oh, what's your deal? like which is not any of his business and jess is like well i worked for a company for six years and like i worked my way up from being a receptionist but it wasn't really challenging enough for me so i'm bartending to help my parents out which again she's 23 <laughs> like lord knows we do not have it figured out and we're in our 30s so right she's a bartender. she has two jobs right so she's like doing things yes. like she's as a young person and, does yeah she also, like, I'm assuming she went to college, but, like, she's probably only out of college, what, like, a year at most? Unless she probably, she could have gone she's to just, 20, like, beauty, yeah. she could have gone to, like, beauty school or whatever. But either way, she's not out of college long enough to, like, have her life figured out. Basically, there's nothing to pick on Jess about, so they just shift the momentum to Heather. And Heather, again, is like, oh, again, like, the judgment is on me. And it's like... Again, if you didn't want to be judged, you shouldn't have signed up for a reality show. Like, your quote-unquote friend and her dad at their table are nothing compared to what the internet is about to do to you. Yes. You have no fucking idea. And Heather's like, well, I got a couple degrees. And she says she has an associate's in art and a bachelor's in communications, which I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. She has an art and communication degrees, and that's the... Uh, album cover she went with well, communicate it's not what? necessarily marketing. communications is um it's marketing adjacent enough it depends what 
her focus was in communications. Maybe that she went for broadcasting or true, something. That is true, but knows? it's still uh, visual. It all comes down to visuals. I think that, like, you know, it's a presentation is important in yeah. both art and communications, regardless of what you're, you know, doing. But fell into the dancing field. And the thing is, like, in another context, this could be nice. But Otis is like, oh, you know, I can hook you up with Time Warner. They're a client of mine. You know, if you want another job. And Heather is like, oh, he's such a condescending prick. And he should shut the fuck up and worry about himself and his lying daughter. And, like, I'm sure that he probably meant it, like, in the same way Vicky Gonvolson told that sushi girl that she needs a real job, you know, I'm sure that he meant it to be like, you know, you need another job besides stripping. But I don't know, Time Warner, I'm so sure it's not the best company to work for, but at least they got health insurance, possibly, you know, <laughs> America. But I don't know, like, I, I'm sure that he meant it condescendingly and I shouldn't even bother the way, to yes, it. The way the dinner's going, it definitely seems more of a condescending tone. And also the idea of like, oh, they're a client of mine, like I have a pull. Like, it's like it's so difficult for people to get jobs at Time Warner. Like, you go to any fucking career fair and you'll find, like, whatever variation yeah. of Time Warner is in your area to recruit you to work in some iteration of that job. Heather asked Lacey and Otis if they live near each other and then Chad asks what Lacey does for a living and Lacey's like, well, I'm a musician. Otis is like, oh, she lives on her investments. She plays the stock market. Yeah. It's his money probably that he started when oh, she yeah, was younger. Oh yeah, I'm sure that he probably made a bunch of investments for her. Yes. And like, I, I mean, and honestly, that's not to take anything away from Lacey. I'm sure no, that, not at all. that it very easily, like, he could have gotten her started, but she could have taken an interest in it and decided to like pursue it even further believe me this is not to take or away from Lacey because moves the money for away. all that no. you could say about Lacey, i'm not gonna take away that she doesn't seem smart yeah but you know apparently she lives on her investments Lacey says in a talking head then that she thinks among the three of them that she's the most accomplished jess is content washing people's hair and heather takes her clothes off for a living Girl, <laughs> so that she's like, what does she say after that? She's like, I'm the only one who actually has dreams and aspirations and goes after them. And it's like, that is just because somebody's working at yeah. a job at that moment doesn't mean that they don't have dreams. And it's a lot easier when your family has money the way your father Exa- apparently says you do. Exactly. That, that is something... goes right into the privilege that you spoke of. Exactly. I mean, because that's something that I've had to undo it's within myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up in a family, you know, not that we grew up rich by any stretch of the imagination, but we grew up middle class enough. I came from a family where going to college was an expectation, not a question. Yeah. That... You know, it did take a decent amount of unlearning for me to go, like, not everybody can just have their family support them and, like, pursue their dreams. And even people who do investments, like, that doesn't mean any sort of, I mean, this is a year before the stock market crashed. Or the housing market the housing crashed. Market, My yeah. bad. You know, y'all know what I meant. Which then just created a new surge for all the rich people to buy up all the land. Which then the reason you saw the boom again is because they're also the ones in control again to sell everything. Exactly. And make more money. It's always, everything's just the rich everything becoming richer. Everything is awful. Everything sucks and I'm going to scream. Otis is bragging about Lacey's website and new music, which I feel like is such, not only a dad thing, but like such a like old 
guy thing to do. Like, she's got her music on her website. Isn't that crazy? Which it could just be also be her, like, MySpace. That's what, yes. That's what I was thinking. I mean, it very well could be an actual website. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But I'm going to assume it's MySpace. Jess says in a talking head that the way Lacey's dad builds her up to be, like, God's greatest gift to everybody, clearly he has absolutely no idea who his daughter is. Or he's just a dad. Yeah, it just seems... You know, like, most parents, just even though they might know their kids are assholes, like, still love them. Exactly. <laughs> She's not like, not killing anyone or doing anything, like, too I mean, She too almost tried to kill Jess, well, yeah. but... This is when Heather decides to strike. And to Heather's credit, she does the right thing in the wrong way so she's doing a lot of that like trying to bring up shit that happened in the house to try to play like gotcha and but like she kind of doesn't fully commit to it because she's like oh are you drinking lacy like because you probably shouldn't be and lacy's like no i just i have a coke and heather's like oh did you tell your dad how you knocked over 40 bottles and lacy's like yeah i did tell him thanks and like but brett thinks this is hilarious because he's over this whole thing and brett says in a talking he's like at this point i'm starting to realize that this is just nothing but a ticking time bomb at this dinner table and it's all about to hit the motherfucking fan mixing your metaphors but whatever Heather says to Otis, like, oh, does she get her partying from you? There's a lot of that in this episode. Does so-and-so get their this from you? Because that comes Well, I know we later. get the the one thing later, yeah. yes. Lacey's like, I'm, you know, fine with just beer. And Heather's like, well, it hasn't just been beer here, unfortunately. And Lacey's like, no, I mean, in my real life, like, I just, I, when I'm Normally home, just I just drink beer. beer. Heather's like, oh, you're, you've been like, my dad is going to fucking kill me. And Lacey's, you know, just trying to downplay the bar thing. And she's like, oh, yeah, the casino's probably going to send me a bill. And Heather's like, oh, um, you've also been, like, running around naked. And Lacey's like, we were streaking and I was sober and it was supposed to be fun. Well, the way you're also not saying well i think lacy's also being like a little bit she's a little nervous in her the way she's she's saying things she doesn't want her dad i don't think she wants her dad knowing any of her i don't think she's like as stressed out about it as you would think like i think i i got a little bit of the vibe that she's like i think she's more like embarrassed because she sees what heather is trying to do and like waiting for her to drop bigger bombs but she's kind of just like you've been really drunk and it's like girl so I'm on vacation. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think it's that. Yes, but this apparent, I guess, idea that her father has of her. Well. It's kind of like, get ready. As we see later, it's not like, you know, he sees her as a fully actualized woman, apparently. Oh, boy. Jess says that she clocks Lacey looking uncomfortable, but also Lacey doesn't really like to be confronted. She kind of has that same energy anytime no. somebody has come to her, even she's if someone, it's just been her. She's an example of someone who can dish it but can't take it. Yeah, in these for instances. sure. She loves to throw stones from like, glass houses. Yes. That's like her wheelhouse. Nowadays, who knows? She's matured more, this or that. But at this time, as we watch, yes, she is someone who can definitely dish but can't take. And we're going to get Karen's to a point that shows ca- it. Yeah, Karen's kind of laughing, but like Otis looks kind of red and got kind of quiet. I kind of clocked that as too. Like he's he also sort of sees what Heather is doing yeah. and is like I think he seems more irritated, but also could be like irritated that people are knowing his family's business rather That's than like yeah. the content of what's being said. 
And just like the idea that all of this is happening in an attempt to shame him is shameful enough in itself. Does that make sense? Or not shame as much him, but his daughter. Yes. Well, I'm sure he sees his daughter as an extension of him. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Karen then gets up and kind of like summons Lacey to talk one-on-one in the kitchen. And Karen's like, is that like her personality? Like, what is happening here? And Lacey's like, yeah, I mean... You're right, you know, just like, I don't really know what's going on with her right now. Karen's like, well, she's been insinuating to us that we should be taking a better look at what you're doing. And, you know, which is like a couple times now. And Lacey's like, yeah, that's a good point. Like in true Lacey fashion, just being like, yeah, this is a really uncomfortable situation. I'm just going to say that it's fine, you know, whatever. And Karen's like, I just wanted you to like be, you know, paying attention to what's going on. And Lacey's like, yeah, I'll be aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back at the table, Heather's like, oh, I'm a little disappointed that I was the only one who got up on the bull. And Brett's like, oh, it should have been Brenda that went up there for a chafing. That's funny. And then Otis goes, and this is, it's like shady, but I kind of appreciate it that he's like, first of all, who eats in a restaurant that has a mechanical bull? Although I was happy. I would. It looked like fun. The restaurant looked like fun. Exactly. Listen, like, I can be a little bit of, like, a prissy bitch, but, like, that place looked fun. That's where, like, saying something like that, he's just obviously pissed off and trying to, like, like, oh, who would do it to, like, downplay Heather, I guess? Or, like, talk shit about her a little? And that's why I like that both her and Brett looked at him and was like, we do, you asshole, pretty much. I just feel like it's, like, really, it's, like, a weird hill to die on. Like, yeah, we went to that restaurant, and it's cool. Like, you know what I mean? It is just, like, I don't know. I don't know it if it's a kinda, classic. It is kind of trashy, but, like, I sat there, fun. and I, when he says that, I just would be like, fuck you, Otis. That's how I felt at that moment. Brett doesn't have the balls. So Brett, like, no, rolls his eyes and whatever, and he's like, exactly. he says they're talking, he's like, I love the Saddle Ranch. It's a place where, like, everyone goes in Hollywood, which, again, like, I thought that little bit of the working class insecurity jumped out. Mm. And he's like, we all had fun. It was unpretentious. And I'm confused because the man is from Dallas, Texas. Now that is where I'm with him. Yeah. There's and probably tons like, of places like that in like the South. painfully new money. It's like, don't act like you're this much more High above me. Yeah. Right. That's what really pisses me off about the guy and how but he like, said that. Right. Those are the kinds of places. Like, and that's my blue collarness, I guess. I guess so. Thinks oh. he's better than people. That kind of shit. Yeah, me you off. can certainly have money and not act like you're better than people for having it. Yes. And Otis kind of is still shitting on. He's like, "Oh, well, like, couldn't you make it like a little bit more hip?" I don't know if he was talking about the date or the place, but you know, everybody at the table is uncomfortable at this point. Brett says in a talking head that he needed to excuse himself and he doesn't want to be there any longer, and that the beautiful dinner was a complete disaster. So I guess they probably like would have hung out and drink if. Lacey's dad hadn't yes. been such a pain in the ass. If it went well, it would have been more than like, yeah, we'll hang out. Exactly as he said it. I forget who he said it to. He's like, oh, we're going to party tonight and shit. I think it was Heather's family. Probably. I thought this was funny that as they're all kind of getting away from the table and Jess and her family head downstairs, uh, Jim goes, oh, poor Brett. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice dinner, though. Like, it was a good time. The next morning, Brett's up working out and taking out his anger and frustration on the punching bag i'm like how fucking corny is this it was shit? pretty funny in he, a polo and like jeans right or black jeans what least, the fuck was, was that 
I think they were jeans. Brett is uh, saying in a talking head that he's got a gut feeling that there's something up with Lacey and her dad, which is flashbacks to her his douchey lines from the night before to Brett. Brett continues and says, Lacey's dad is very derogatory towards myself, and I don't appreciate that, and I surely hope that isn't inside of her somewhere, which I have to laugh. Her entire presence has been derogatory and shitting on people. Mm. This isn't news to you. You talk about it in every talking head about her. That, like, oh, I know that she gives everybody else a really hard time, but, like... She likes me. She likes me. And then he goes, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. And it's like, does anybody like to be in a relationship with somebody they feel is potentially derogatory towards them? Like, listen... Y'all know I'm I'm terrible, right? And it is a question to me all the time why somebody like Mike would be with me. But the thing is, you don't love my shadiness. You do have an appreciation for some of my shadiness, but certainly it is time and place based. Yes. No, that is true. If it's appropriate at the time, it's cool with it. Lacey comes out to talk to Brett. I don't know if he summoned her, but I my guess is that she's coming out to do damage control because she knows shit's fucked up. It was yeah, it seemed weird whether she was doing that or, or the producers maybe. were like, hey, you gotta go talk to him right now. Yeah. This is like the focus of today. Brett then kind of gives her the lowdown and he's like, Listen, I understand your dad's like got his own thing going on and he's done really well for himself, but I felt really strange about the whole prenup conversation, you know. And then, because this is what really made me feel like it was like a blue collar insecurity thing, where he's like, what would ever make him think that I need, like, as, as and I'm going to put this as gently as I can, money from anybody. And it's like, well, he's got like a lot of money. But it goes back to like what I was saying. He's still in his head, especially right now. He's like, he's made a lot of money. He's still making money right now. He's. Doing but you don't got like I get the impression that Lacey's dad has I mean, he's a not, lot. Yeah, it's not like he's walking around with like money. twenty million dollars, but yes. I mean, no, we I can we can Google Brett Michaels' value right now. I'm, and see well, what it I mean, is. this is also right now versus 2007, but I'm going to look it up. He did buy a house in 2019, 2015 for 3.5 million dollars. So yes. that's pretty good. Currently, his estimated net worth is around 18 million dollars wow i can't imagine it would have been too much different then but yeah, i'd say he's doing just fine for himself yeah i mean that's certain that's nothing to sneeze at like i just you know it's not out of the realm of possibility to be like that's not enough depending on oh interesting interesting now, any number of things could have happened between now and then, but according to Google, Otis Connor's net worth is currently $1 million. There you go. Also, it's like not clear, it looks like. It's it's not clear. That was just one website, so we have no way to know. Plus, it's also possible that because he... I don't... You know what I mean? Like, he could also just not be disclosing it. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I'm sure there's somebody listening to this who's probably like, you stupid bitch, he, like, probably doesn't have any fucking money. That's, I looked at it as, yeah, he might have, maybe he had, well, a million is a lot of money, but he could, even at the time, had a million. million dollars is not He's anything not to saying on the either. show how much he has, but he could have a million. It's like a fucking tumbleweed, or teaweed situation. There you go, not tumbleweed. Yeah, maybe. 
he could have had he could have a million dollars and she has investments it's like yeah if like even if the dude's making three hundred thousand a year he could still take care of his daughter if he needs to and still live a good life and i mean it could also like i said it could also be investments if Lacey's playing the stock market or he's just trying to oversell it and be yes, like that's how it I doesn't matter it. how much money you have you're still not good enough for my daughter yeah. my daughter's still gonna come into some money when i die whatever Brett continues and he's like, oh, what got confusing is it's almost like he was implying like I was some kind of fucking leech. And Lacey says in Talking Head, she's like, well, my dad's like really successful and he came from virtually nothing. But sometimes he does tend to be like a little bit gauche about money and like what things cost. And he might not have the best etiquette as far as that goes. But she then promises Brett, like, in real time, quote unquote, that she's going to talk to him and tell him that he needs to, like, chill out with that a little. So we see a quick cut to Heather standing in the kitchen telling her dad that Lacey's a manipulator and she's so hurt that she's been manipulated from the start. And she thinks that Lacey's jealous that she and Brett are so close. Back to Lacey outside, she's telling Brett that she wants to give him some food for thought in regards to heather as he lifts weights she says in talking head that she is a little worried about what's going through brett's mind so she needs to do some damage control to throw heather under the bus because she's too wild for him so Lacey's like spilling all the tea about heather not being good enough for him for whatever reason but heather again is like in the kitchen where there is like a patio door and realizes that Lacey's out there talking to him and starts to, like, like eavesdrop. Directly beneath as well. It's like, I'm also screaming because Heather is, again, dressed like she's in Gemini's Twin, where she's just in, like, a white bikini top and, like, pink camo cargo shorts. Mm-hmm. She's just dressed like an extra in a music video. Just like a video girl. It's her style. Her style is awful. Lacey tells him that despite how well Heather gets along with her parents, she must not have a lot of respect for them because she knows that her parents are hurt by the fact that she strips but she doesn't care it's like or she's like her own woman like my parents don't have to love every decision that i make that doesn't mean i'm not gonna make like you know what i mean heather says in a talking head that she can't believe what she's hearing and this whore is totally talking shit about me to brett and Lacey goes if she's gonna end up with you and she's like oh i'll i'll quit stripping brett but like you know, if you're if you're not going to quit stripping for your parents, like, you know, why would she quit stripping for you? And Jess comes out to listen to and Heather turns to Jess and she's like, I'm about to go the fuck off and you need to help me. So then Lacey's like, you know, if she gets with you, she's going to probably just like quit stripping for two weeks. Like, that's it. And Brett's like, listen, I'm just going to take this all in. And then, like, he barely gets through a sentence when Heather storms the fuck down and she's like, oh, you're out here talking shit about me? You fucking master manipulator bitch. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? She keeps calling her master manipulator. I. The word of the day is manipulation. Oh, my God. Like, liar, manipulator, bitch, it. whore. Just Who literally would've? think of anything else. Brett, like, makes the most minor attempt to calm her down and she's like no she's fucking like i heard everything like she's lying and she's manipulating and Lacey tries to defend herself and heather tells her that she could hear the whole thing so like anything she would try to tell her about what she said or didn't say was a lie jess is kind of awkwardly standing behind and back like a ways and otis is now standing on the balcony where heather and jess just were 
And Heather's like, your family has no idea what kind of fucking person you are. You've manipulated me from the get-go. And Lacey's like, sweetie, no. And Heather's like, oh, that... yes, you have. Don't call fucking me sweetie. Know well, no, that's later on. Oh, boo. Thought it was now. She calls her sweetie a lot. It's very annoying. Lacey says in a talking head, out of nowhere, Heather comes marching down and she flips the fuck out. It's not really out of nowhere. No. You're, You're talking a shit about with her. Him, like, like, right, in exactly. the open. Right. Heather calls her a liar again and Lacey's like, well, what did I lie about? And Heather's like, everything. And again, about how she manipulated her just like she did to everyone else. I know I mentioned this a little bit before, but it's like, Heather, you are a lot of things, but you are not dumb. Did you not think this was going to come back to you at some point? Well, it goes back when, like, Crazy was kind of becoming friends with New York, and everyone's like, why would you believe New York? That's a little bit different, because everybody also had seen New York say in season one that she wasn't here to make friends. Yes. And, like, beyond New York just being a bitch, like, we also have documented evidence where she's just admits all the time to scheming and plotting to like get her way so why crazy continued to be friends with her regardless doesn't really make any sense but in this case it's like you know i could see you guys both hated the same people and were pissed off by the same things it would make sense kind of to think that your relationship is genuine but also it's like at what point did you think you weren't going to be victim of this that you weren't also going to get thrown under the bus Mm. it was inevitable and again like i said earlier it certainly is definitely more about the way lacy went about doing it i'm sure that pissed heather off more than the fact that it's happening supposed to be friends at a point yeah i mean their friendship is a weird one but as we all know at this point jess is living for this fight and all the talking heads we see from her for here on out because she's like listen let the two of them take each other out like i don't give a shit i'm gonna sit over here with my cereal and this is where Lacey does, like, calls her sweetie again. And Heather's like, don't call me sweetie. You're a fucking liar and a bitch. And your family is going to see exactly who you really are. It is, in fact, Otis standing on the balcony. I, I remember one point, like, you see yeah. it very quickly. And I was like, is that him standing up there? Yes. And then we get it confirmed. Lacey's like, let me tell you then, like, in front of Brett, what I just said. And Heather's like, oh, what? That I'm disrespecting my fucking family? No, my family's proud of me. Your family is the one that's going to be embarrassed of you. And, like, they don't even know who you are because you're such a fucking liar and manipulator. And Heather just, like, storms off. So Heather says in a talking head that she, Lacey probably went to Brett for two reasons. One, because she knows I'm her biggest competition. And two, that she's pissed at me for calling her out at dinner. But if she wasn't lying to her family and acting like something that she's not, then I wouldn't have to call her out. I don't necessarily think it's either of those things. Like, I think that Heather is centering herself a little bit too much. Yeah. I think that she's looking at, she's like on the note, like she's right She's almost got it, but she's not quite there. Lacey's not thinking about Heather at all. Lacey's thinking about how to get herself to stay. Exactly. It could have you could Doesn't have been changed out with anybody, Heather. It wouldn't have made a difference. You're just easier to take out than Jess is. Yes. Because Jess has less like ammo to have used against her. Brett has just been sitting with his head down in silence through this whole thing, despite this fight going on literally in front of his face. Lacey, because she's so awkward, just is like well that didn't go good (laughs) and brett's like no (laughs) 
Lacey says in a talking head that she's actually glad that Brett got to see that side of Heather because it's a frightening side to see. Brett tells Lacey that he's at his fucking rope's end and tells her to just go in now and just, like, deal with it. Talk to her, big yeah. girl dad energy. He says in a talking head that Heather storms off and I just said to Lacey, you know what? I'm done handling this between Heather and you. And it's like, what have you even done? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Besides just ask for more dirt. Besides fucking sit there. And he's like, you two are friends, but you two have had this coming for a while. He just loves to be a messy bitch who lives for drama. Like, he loves to be in the thick of it. Just so he can sit there and be like, oh, guys, come on, stop. Because it's all about him. (sighs) Heather is inside, like, ranting to Jess, which, who is still eating the same fucking bowl of cereal. Mm -hmm. Like, through this whole thing. She was eating the cereal on the balcony. She was eating the cereal while she was watching Heather yell at uh, Lacey. Well, she doesn't and want now to miss she's anything. fucking eating it in the room. It's well, like how you have to deep pause is your this, chewing so you can hear everything. How deep is this bowl of cereal? And Heather's just like pacing around the room, and like Jess is just kind of yesing her to death, like as much as she can. And finally, at one point, Heather yells out the door, "Why don't you tell your dad how many times you fucking sucked his dick since you were here?" And just like, whoop. That was whoop, awesome. I oh thought dear. that was great. Yeah, she <laughs> just goes, "Oh dear," turns and walks away. He was like, oh. "That was great." Then Heather is, like, stomping down the stairs and, like, ranting to her parents. We th- what we think is just our parents, but then they pan over and it's, like, everybody else is in the kitchen. You know, whatever, including Otis. And her mom just kind of, like, shuffles her out. Heather says in a talking head that Lacey is the biggest fucking bitch. How dare she talk shit about me? She's the biggest skank slut whorebag in the whole house and has been from day one. It's like... This girl is a fugly slut. <laughs> mean Girls? No. What? It's in the burn book. Oh, okay. Do not trust I'm not a, her. Yes. I like Mean Girls, but I'm not even close to as much I, of a state. I know, like, people put up the I, one, Not like, only that, like, I feel like we talk about this at least, because I reference Mean Girls at other? least the last couple weeks, and you have it not caught it. It was October 3rd or something? Time. Yes. Oh, I got the date right? Yeah. Oh, all right, look at that. Then we see Lacey in her room with Otis and Karen. I have to laugh that Karen is in one of those red shirts that they used to sell at the Gap. Because if you were a person in the 2000s, and by person I mean like not a literal like child child, but they would have these shirts where Gap partnered with U2 or at least Bono. And it was like the red foundation and there was like a bunch of stuff that was sold that was red but they would put a bunch of things that ended in r-e-d with the r-e-d in parentheses and karen shirt says adored huh. adored you know whatever at a red at a red karen asks what happens and Lacey's like oh, i was just talking to brett and she overheard me and came out and like just threw a fit otis is like yeah i heard her <laughs> like whatever <laughs> And Lacey says in a talking head, you know, on the one on the one hand, I have my friend who I really care about and I just want to be loyal to. But on the other hand, I just really care about Brett and his best interest. And unfortunately, these two are starting to conflict with each other. Like, how fucking Eddie Haskell can you be, you fucking... Who? From Leave it to Beaver. That's how my mom used to call my manipulative friends. Basically, the kids that are nice to the adults' faces, but up to some shit in private. Uh, you never saw the Leave It to Beaver, like, 90s movie that they made? No, of course I saw the movie. I just don't yeah. remember that saying. 
Eddie Haskell is uh Wally is the older brother, right? Yeah. He's Wally's best friend who like will be like, Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Cleaver, and then like very like Angelica, I guess, yes. would have been a reference that you would have understood a little bit better. Yes. yes. Lacey is Angelica. Pickles, not Skylar. That might actually need to be the title of the episode. Angelica Pickles, not Skylar. <laughs> no, just Pickles, not Skylar. Oh. I love that. That's pretty funny. Otis says, and this is like I'm not, I don't know why. I hope y'all don't think I stan Otis. He just, like, makes some solid points. Or he goes, listen, next time she tells you about what your parents need to know is that I've known you for 30 years and I know who you are. Which, that's kind of what I was thinking this whole time. Where I'm like, mm, I don't know if you really know who she is. I, I don't think so. I don't think this is Lacey's first bitch rodeo. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't think this is the first time where Lacey's had a hard time getting along with a group of women or girls, and it was kind of her own fault a little bit. I guess. You know, like, I get the sense that this is not the first time he's had to encounter this sort of I guess I go back interaction. To, to what he said earlier, too, though, where it's like, she doesn't do drugs, like, she barely drinks, blah, blah, blah. I don't it's think like, Lacey yeah. probably does do drugs. Like, I'm I not saying that part. I'm saying, that, well, the drinking part we've well, seen. Well, I mean, also, again, and then, she's... I know you're saying, oh, we're on vacation. Yeah, like, I think that he recognizes that Lacey isn't But he may not know how much here. of a manipulator and stuff that, she is. And I know she I has said, like, that's that kind of what she just did on the show. And but... I also kind of think that she didn't end up like that for no reason. It's possible. I don't. I get the sense that the apple didn't fall super far from the tree. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I don't know these people. I don't know how much of this is just stunting to make good TV. All I'm saying is, I think that he does know her fairly well and kind of just accepts her for who she is. He may not always like her decisions, but I think that he kind of knows her yeah and that i think he well okay so let me go back a little bit to that statement about like the apple not falling far from the tree i'm not saying that he's shady or sketchier necessarily you know i'm not trying to claim to know anything but i think the the ruthlessness i guess yeah that is more of what I like. I needed to clarify that that it's just like it's the ruthless side of her is something that he probably takes like a decent amount of pride in. <laughs> he says something else too here, where he's like, you know, he's like kind of more insulted that Heather would say that she knows Lacey better than he knows Lacey, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of nice in its evilness. Yeah. And Lacey says, unfortunately, I'm starting to see now that this is the moment that Heather's and I's, Heather and I's friendship is starting to come to an end. That's like, we here for the first of 500 fucking times. <laughs> then Jess's parents are sitting outside enjoying some drinks. And Jim's like, it's a dangerous place here. And Deb nearly does a spit take <laughs> at that. And Jess is like, it's like. She basically complains about how people here fight all the time over nothing and how that's not really her style. I feel like that has to be a weird moment as both the 23-year-old and the parents of the 23-year-old that, like, you slash your child as a 23-year-old is the only neutral one between two bonkers women in in their 30s, you know? She's Yeah, she's always been kind of just calm and cool the entire time. No, I know, but it also has to be like, it's nice 
I'm sure for them to see that it didn't really get to her. Yeah. And that she's not really involved in it. Jess says in a talking head that she's so glad that her parents are cool and chill and laid back. They're actually finding this whole fight really funny and they're enjoying it. As they're all sitting there, Chad walks by and Jim goes, does she get that side from you? And Chad goes, yes, sir. <laughs> that was funny. Talk about somebody who knows their kid. So Heather's still pacing around the house all pissed off and Lacey's like, hey, Heather, can I talk to you? And Heather's like, why? So you can just try to lie and like manipulate me some more. And Lacey's like, no, I don't lie. And Heather does like clapping on the syllables. I see your true colors. Now I can't clap because my microphone's in my hand, but y'all know what it would sound like. Heather says in a talking head that she can't let Lacey get a word in because as soon as she talks, she'll start manipulating and she'll twist everything around for her benefit. Heather is yelling at her some more about being manipulated and feeling manipulated and having her feelings hurt and that she's totally a different person since her parents walked through the door. Heather then starts pointing out to Lacey's parents because they kind of walked up behind her as she's talking. Well, Lacey's parents walked up behind Lacey. Yes. As, she, as they're talking. And that's when Lacey use, uses the line. Like, it's one of those, like, Lacey went home after school and got bullied. And, like, her dad and stepmom told her, like, this is what you got to say to the bully tomorrow. Because Lacey's like, my parents have known me for 30 years. And Heather's like, okay, whatever. Like, let's just see how they fucking react when they actually watch the show. Like, your dad's gonna die with embarrassment. Lacey says in a talking head that Heather's screaming at her that i manipulated her and betrayed her but like it's really disappointing that heather thinks this because that is absolutely not true <laughs> i kind of get what Lacey's saying a little bit though like i don't think that Lacey was manipulating her the whole time although i see why heather would feel that way yes but i think that Lacey was being genuine up until having a genuine friendship wasn't serving Vegas. her purpose exactly. anymore like, she was fine being genuinely friends with Heather, being friend Like, because, I mean, we, uh, myself, I'm, I was going to say everybody, but really it's more for myself. Like, I've had friendships with people based on, like, hating the same people. And it's not the lasting, it's not the material for a lasting friendship, a real genuine friendship. Because then you spend, even when things are good, you spend a lot of time waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, mm. waiting for that person to turn on you. Heather says to her that uh, she's being thrown under the bus and that Lacey promised her she would never do that. And she's like, you've ridden my coattails this whole time. And Lacey's like, that's not true. And Heather goes, you'd have been gone a long time ago if it hadn't been for me. And you know it. What do you think about this? Because, like, it's one of those things. The only reason Lacey stayed was producers. That's all the only reason. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's, like, it's not the kind of... I kind of agree, but it's also not the kind of competition that lends itself to having allies. I mean, just... I mean, like, maybe the drama they created together helped keep Lacey on the show for longer. But I'm pretty sure that if there wasn't Heather, Lacey would still be... Exactly. ...this way with somebody else. Like She would have... Yes, she would have been on the show no matter what. Yeah. I think they both could have existed without each other and made for good TV. Exactly. But they just happened to be together and look where we are now. Lacey says that she told Brett that she knows that, you know, she told that she knows that Heather loves her parents 
who are also standing behind Heather. But then Heather's like, why are you bringing my parents into anything? I was going to say originally, it's like, well, Yukon brought her parents into it, but technically Lacey brought them up first. Yes. So, you know, whatever. And Lacey's like, well, by the way, you are with your parents. And she's like, that's the same way I am with Brett. She goes, I'm in love with this man, which is like, oh, boy. And she's like, that's all that matters. Like, don't worry about my fucking parents. Like, period. And Lacey tries to say something else. And Heather screams, fuck you, and gives her the finger and storms off, sort of. But then, like, comes right back. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, she's screaming at her more about manipulate. It's basically just like, is there anything else? Like, literally, there has to be something else you can call her. Well, we get there, but Lacey's like, you should stop drinking for an hour, which Heather doesn't seem that drunk. Not at all. I mean, she seems she probably has a buzz going, like, which is probably why she's like extra angry, but she doesn't seem like she's not slurring and she's not like her anger kind of makes sense. It's the only thing that Lacey can use right now. Yeah, exactly. That's that's all it is. And then Heather turns around and goes, do you do your parents know you're the only one that's done all the sexual shit with Brett. You've been sucking his cock every night. The word cock is used way too much this episode. I I don't know why that word is just very jarring to me. Like, it's... Just the word cock. I don't just understand. dick. Just say dick. I like dick better. I don't know. Just dick. I thought she did say dick, though, at the well, first Well, part. anyway, well, no. She says, well, no. I think she's, she said dick, and then she said cock. And then Lacey says you know that's a lie because Lacey's been calm through all of this because she i don't i don't know trying to put f- on a front i don't know but heather goes i saw you suck his dick in there which i'm like so you were there what? excuse screw up excuse me you saw what now although i i i don't know what instance specifically they're talking about but i get the sense it's when they were all in the room with him that time with brandy c that remember because yeah. she was like i'm gonna Towards tell her end. that i sucked his dick remember when they were gonna say that to sam to make sam feel bad yeah Lacey's like all the things that were coming out of her mouth like i was just i was absolutely appalled and like i hate people like that people were like so offended by this kind of talk when it's she- like you also do terrible things you almost yes. killed someone you almost killed two people two like you're not really in a moral high ground here but in Brett's eyes, she is. Well, now that Heather has brought the dick sucking into the conversation, this is when Otis steps forward and he calls Heather trash. I'm like surprised a fight between the dads didn't break out. Uh, You're going to call my daughter trash in front of my face and we're not going to have problems? The dad's keeping his calm. So Heather insists that she's done nothing sexual with Brett whatsoever and goes, your daughter is a slut. Lacey calls Heather trashy as her dad pulls her away and Heather's like, you're pompous and your family doesn't know anything about you. Lacey says in a talking head that Heather crossed the line by attacking her family because her family didn't do a fucking thing to Heather, which agree to disagree on that. So for her to go for her to go after her dad and Karen like that, it's unforgivable. And says, again, for the second time of five bajillion times from here on out, at this point, my friendship with Heather is done. Heather is dead to me. Heather then storms into the kitchen, complains more about manipulation, and starts literally tossing a salad. (laughs) Jesus. 
She's just like, there's like a salad with tongs, like a, yeah. one of those like catering style salads. And she just is like angry. Her. So she picks up the tongs and starts like messing with the salad. Yeah. Mix the salad. Lacey and her family go outside and Karen's like, I'm really just not cut out for this. Like I need to go. And I guess she just must go back to the room because then Otis like wants to talk to Brett about whether or not Lacey sucked his cock. And Lacey's like, I can't. I cannot believe Heather said those things in front of my dad. I cannot believe she would stoop so low. So my dad and I are pissed and my dad wants to talk to Brett and tell him what happened. So Brett is there still hitting the bag and Otis walks up and we haven't had an iconic line in the of the week in a while, but this one literally I clutched my pearls. So it needed to be it. It is. Sorry to bother you, big boy, but I just uh, had somebody yell at me and uh, Heather that I need to be concerned that my daughter sucked your cock. That electric guitar riff on the end really does it for me, too, where it's like... It's almost where you expect, like, the home improvement noise to come in and be like, uh-huh. <laughs> Exactly, because Brett is, like, shook, right? So he goes... Lacey's dad says to me one of the worst things any rock star wants to hear. I need to speak to you about whose cock my daughter has been sucking. Also proof that Brett has not really existed not as a rock star for a long time because I don't think that's anything anybody wants to be confronted <laughs> about. Like, that's, would you yeah. want to be confronted with that kind of information? No. Uh, no. <laughs> You're not a rock star. Like, that's awkward. Otis says to him like listen i'm not gonna confront you because my daughter's sex life at 31 years old is her own sex life but on the other hand it's trashy that somebody is saying this in front of her daughter and her father and screaming it and brett's like yeah it's not right and otis like no one has ever done that to me no one it's such a weird stance to take first of all that otis wants to have this conversation with brett at all although side note real quick i'm sorry what what would be funny is this also makes me go back to brandy m and if her parents were here like if they know her nickname is blowjob brandy and all oh, this boy. shit why do i get the sense that they do they probably do she seems like the kind of person who's like cool with her parents like that too but i could be totally wrong where was i going with this oh i just think it's so weird that Lacey's dad's takeaway from this is like more embarrassment that he's having it yelled out than like embarrassment of the situation in general and that his like the reason he's going to brett is to be like you shouldn't be with that girl because that's the kind of information she's saying to me and it's like what you don't say that to a parent weird so Brett says in a talking head, God, I wish someone had come down to me and said to me, where the fuck is Big John right now when I need him? So you're like, oh, yeah, actually, I did think this before. when you forget Brandon, he's on I the went, show sometimes. Well, that, but like I, when Heather came down to yell at Lacey, I was like, where is Big John? Where the fuck is Big John, y'all? This motherfucker is asleep. The audacity. <laughs> Why is he still allowed to have his fucking job? He sucks. It really, it's, I guess it's a situation where it's like, and well, it's the families of- are here. No one's going to go crazy. That is the stupidest <laughs> thing ever. That is more time than any that they should be, like, that he should be on guard. And he's just fucking asleep. And yes, do I know that it could have been in another moment spliced together? Yes. But 
regardless like i wasn't expecting to see him asleep i was expecting him to see like him like chilling with jess's parents or something like that you know what i mean like and that's very well where he could have been and they could have just used this clip of him sleeping just for shits and gigs anticipate but like still though your brett's bodyguard why aren't you here that that's your whole purpose not doing a great job as head of security the worst job. Big Rick would not have let this fly. Like, Big Rick was breaking up fights between the ladies, by the way. That is true. Just a reminder. And cleaning the fucking dinosaur. And cleaning the dinosaur. Going above and beyond. Yes. Lacey's retelling Brett all the drama, basically, that just happened because Brett was the one who told her to go talk to him. And Brett's like, first of all, no one knows who did what with anyone here. So basically that's his way of saying, yes, Lacey has sucked my dick before. But at least we know that they did do something when they were in Vegas. We don't know if there was anything before or, well, probably nothing after, obviously. But like, we know that there's a chance that something went on before, but all we know for sure is that they did something then in Vegas. Or at least we're led to believe that. Lacey says, she's like, Brett, I can't put my parents through this. Like, it's not fair. Like, you have to draw the line. And basically, Lacey's like, she deserves to get in trouble. Like, you deserve, she she deserves to get sent home for this. Which it's like, does she though? That's not a good reason to send somebody home. No. Lacey then says in a talking head that she started to get emotional because her parents are wonderful, loving, and kind people. And for Heather to go off on them and disrespect them like that, like, they don't deserve that. They don't deserve that at all. Like, what did they do? And it's like, first of all, she didn't go off on them. She went off on you. Exactly. It wasn't like she's like, fuck you, you, Otis. Your daughter sucks a lot of dick or something. Right. (laughs) Right. But also, like, if she did go off on them for, you know, being pretentious assholes, it would kind of make sense. I mean, like, maybe Karen doesn't deserve it, but like. Otis kind of deserves it. Karen seemed very kind of nice throughout this whole thing. She's always kind of just quiet, like, I'm just here. Yeah. Please don't include me in any footage. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Brett goes, because he loves a precursor, he goes, here's my thing. You know, I thought it's been brewing and brewing, and, you know, I thought that the two of you just needed to work it out. And he says in a talking head, I'm not a problem solver. It's not my forte. I just want to get out of here. Lacey and Otis leave while Chad is off setting a beer. Sitting a beer? Did I just say? Sipping a beer? No, I meant sitting in the distance having a beer. Oh. And it just. Always drinking. Oh, did you mention that he had the beer this morning? Yes. Oh, okay. That yeah, was just funny. drinking bright and early. No, fuck it. Well, actually, we I'm, don't know how early it is. It could be lunch. It could be like 1 p.m. Yeah, also, he's on vacation. Know. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. You know? Doesn't matter. Hang around in the house, offered a beer. Why not? Yeah, I mean, again, these are people are on vacation. Why wouldn't you have a beer at like 9 a.m. if you could? I mean, probably because, you know, you're up a couple hours earlier because of the time difference. True. It's elimination time, and we see Heather getting ready in a Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy t-shirt. I cannot confirm that this is from Saddle Ranch, but that is my guess because Heather loves merch. Nice. I mean, as somebody who loves merch as well. But I just love that she loves to wear the merch immediately after she got it. Yeah. I forgot what else they did where she did the same thing. Well, she's always got the Steelers hat on that Brett had. I don't know if that's his hat or she maybe she bought it knowing that she was going to see Brett and you know what I mean? Possible. Because like, I mean, she's from Ohio. I mean, well, she I guess did it's not it. out of the realm of possibility for somebody from you Ohio. You said they didn't know who was going to be on the show. So no, I don't think they knew when they agreed to be on the show. I'm uh, sure that there was a window of time where they knew 
eventually that it was going to be Brett. True. Maybe she did her Googles. But either way, I mean, I guess it's not on the realm of possibility for somebody from Ohio to be a Steelers fan, but also, doesn't Ohio have three football teams? Yeah, what? Cleveland Browns. Who else? I don't know. My, my mind Cleveland. isn't there right now. What are other towns in Ohio? I don't know. I know there's obviously Ohio Hold State on, there's, Buckeyes. But... Well, right. Hold on. Oh, this, the Bengals, Cincinnati. The Bengals, duh. right. Wow. Shout out Nick Lachey. There's some other. Hold on. Oh, no, I'm wrong. But there's somebody else. Like, there's some sport where Cle- where Ohio has, like, a bunch of teams. Probably college. No, I could swear it's, like, a major sport. I don't know. I'm being fucking dumb today. But she says in a talking head that she's kind of worried that she's not sure if the outburst either pr- pissed Brett off or if he was just glad that Lacey finally got called out. Jess is basically like, listen... The two, one of the two of them are going home. Like, I'm I'm good. You know, she does say yeah. at some point, like, oh, if I go home, it's like, you know, my parents, it, I'm going to blame it on my parents, whatever. But, like, I think that she knew she was safe for yes. a variety Everyone of reasons. Everyone knew. Yeah. This is the most confident anyone's probably ever been in feeling safe. Right. Lacey is venting to Karen about how Heather crossed a line by dragging her family into it. And she says in a talking head that nothing she's done could come close to what heather did today it's like come on really then we see everybody lined up including all the families brett comes out in like a low buttoned you know shirt and a snake print cowboy hat he's like a little bit fancy but still kind of country he says in a talking head that the he sees two girls who are very comfortable with their families and one who's kind of uncomfortable with their family. And he's just feeling kind of lost about who he's going to choose. It's like, well, you kind of seem like you, you made, made the decision. Like, right. Yeah. I think this soon as the prenup conversation came up, he was yes. like, nah. So he thanks all the parents for coming, but then is just like, you know, I just want to, I'm trying to date your daughters in case you didn't already know. <laughs> but he's like, okay, I'm just going to have this conversation with them, you know. Just one-on-one, more or less. He dismisses the parents and, like, Lacey's like, oh, I'll tell you guys if I, you know, I'll call you guys with the good news later tonight, whatever. He then tells them, as per usual, it's a hard decision. It's down to three people he really likes, blah, blah, blah. So the first person, he said he learned throughout the time that he's been here that he's really, he has really, really, really strong feelings for this girl. And the more he learns about her, the more he wants to know about her. And that's a really great feeling for me. And obviously it's Jess. Duh. I don't know how many times this is she got called first, but obviously, I mean, she was only going to end up in the top three regardless. So (laughs) there is no top three anymore. But the next person, so the next person, obviously it's down to Heather and Lacey. He calls the decision not only really tough, but really strange because the two of them had formed a really good friendship, or at least it seemed like they did up until the last few days. He says that he and Heather had a great talk, but he can tell. Oh, and he tells her that she's been a really good friend throughout this. And I'm like, oh, my God, this poor fucking woman. <laughs> like she like, do you think that people just get tattoos of their friends names just because they're friends? You know? Like, it's just something yeah. friends do for one another. No, not unless the friend is dead. <laughs> like, that's not that's not how friendships work. And he goes, 
you know, and actually I, I wrote that. And then he goes, and, you know, one thing that showed like an insane amount of commitment was, you know, the tattoo. He tells Lacey that she's ambitious, driven, and intelligent, so this is really going to be tough because it's two girls that he cares a lot about, but there's only one pass. He says in a talking head that in the end, he's basing this decision on one thing. Surprise, y'all, it's his gut. The same thing that he's been basing all his decisions on uh. this entire time. Every time you get him in a talking head talking about a dis- his decision-making process, he's like, you know, I just gotta go with my gut. Like, no fucking shit. He needs to go with his gut about who's being truthful, who's lying, who is who they is, and who ain't who they ain't. Brett calls Lacey down and he says, before I show you this pass, I just want to tell you this. There is a side of you that I absolutely love and want to be close to, but there's a side of you that still confuses me a little bit. And we've talked about it this whole time and I just feel that somewhere along the line that that side is that I don't understand. Oh, no. Sorry. I just feel that somewhere along the line that that side that I don't understand would ruin our relationship. Sorry. It's a lot of that's. And he tells her that her tour ends here. Did you think she thought she was safe? Yeah, because he when started out by saying down, before I show. Well, I think because it's one of those things where like he'll do that sometimes, where he'll call them down to give them the pass. Yes, but he also well, majority says, of the time that's how it's been. He does the twist once in a while. But he also says before I show you this pass. Yeah, to let you know it's Heather's. Oh. Yeah, no, that was kind of fucked up. Not that it really matters, but. <laughs> He says physically he had a great connection with Lacey and emotionally he felt close. And even though everyone said she was crazy, she also seemed crazy for me. But in the end, I felt that there was a lot more lies and deception going on, which it's like, you've been saying this the entire time. Lacey's exit interview is kind of to be expected. She's in complete shock because she lacks a lot of self-awareness and didn't expect this at all. And at this point, she hopes that neither Jess nor Heather win. She hopes that he eliminates both of them and decides to remain single because both of them would be horrible for him. This is kind of funny. She's like, I can't even feel emotions right now. And I wrote, or ever. And I'm just in disbelief. Imagine if he just did that at the end. He's like, you know what, guys? I don't think this worked for me. I'm going to stay single. I mean, that's basically what he does. Well, that's what everyone does on all these shows. That's true. He calls Heather down for her pass and thanks her for having his back, you know, like what you say to your romantic partner, and always being there, and that they'll work through stuff and make this awesome. Heather says again in a talking head that she'll sacrifice anything for him. Bark like a dog. I mean, you should... Also, if you haven't seen Coming to America, I'm sorry that all these references are going over your head. Well, I was going to say... fucking go see Coming to America if you haven't. It's like the, an iconic comedy. The way the references are this episode, I'm surprised you're not going to title it like Coming to Brett America or something. Oh. The royal penis needs to be cleaned. Oh, God. I don't know if I could title the episode that, but... Probably not. Jess says in a talking head that at this point it's do or die, so it's time for me to step my game up. Yes, bitch, at the end, step your game up. Now it's on. And show Brett how badly I really want to be with him. While they all cheers, Brett tells them that they're going to Cabo and fucking 
And that's it. That's where the sentence ends. Like, it's, we yes. were dying laughing because he's like, we're going to Cabo and fucking. And it's like, you know that he's supposed to say something fucking else. partying like, or like having a good time. Fucking having something. a good time or fucking, you know, figuring this all out. But he just goes, going to Cabo and fucking, which is. They cut it there. Probably that's... still true. No, I think that he probably just like didn't finish the sentence. Like the sentence just and kind fucking... of naturally trailed off. Yep. Right. Drink because also they're cheering. It was funny. But it just is funny to be like, we're going awkward. to Cabo and fucking. Fucking. That's the whole episode. The bonus episode is kind of funny. Credits. You said bonus episode is kind of oh funny. Oh my god. The bonus scene yes. is kind of funny. I thought it was hilarious. Well, because Jess's dad, it's Jess and her parents sitting outside and Jess's dad's like, I don't, I don't know how you're doing this. Like, I'm going to throw myself in that pool already. Yeah. And Jess goes full boomhauer. Like, it took two or three listens for us to figure it out that she goes, yeah, I've thought about like tying cinder blocks to my ankles and just like you know going in the pool and her dad's like well i was just talking about myself but like i guess you could do that too and they just kind of laugh and then her mom goes how deep is the pool anyway and that's it like her, <laughs> yes her and her innocent mind and just being like the nice person that she you know, is just trying to make the best of like an awkward conversation i think it was funny how the dad paused for so long though you're happy i'm happy you're happy smokes a cigarette she's like what maybe it was me and they find me at the bottom of the pool it's just like yeah. fuck she's i know mad dark which also goes to show between the parents and her you see them in her when you think back of the show kind oh of. very much like her dark jokes but also like the yeah she's clearly times. like just somebody that always had a really chill really yeah. like the kind of chill relationship with her parents that, as somebody who had like strict slash conflict relationship with their parents like cannot understand you know like my friends like like my friends parents who like let them drink from very young like have big parties and i was like can't relate like my mom and i are mad chill like super close now but i at that point in time i could not have imagined having that kind of relationship my mom was very like no drinking till 21 it's like yeah good luck with that oh please that's the whole episode it was definitely a good one i am i have mixed feelings about the finale i'm a little bit sad to leave this franchise for a little bit let me see when we come back hold on next we have as i mentioned before i love new york season two. Oh, and then we go into rock of love season two nice and then flavor of love season three i'm excited to go into those and then I Love Money, which we do not have a theme song for. So if you do theme music, please get in touch. Then season two of Charm School, which I'm really excited about. Real Chance of Love. We've got our work cut out for us. <laughs> so many shows. Oh my god, and we're not even done. Oh boy. I am excited for I Love I do remember part of season two. A little bit. Don't remember who wins. I remember who wins. Of course you do. Pepper's Frog remembers. But yeah, time. there's a lot of fun stuff on deck. I, like I said, I'm sad to leave this this particular iteration of this franchise because I know that it all goes downhill from here. I don't remember any. I don't mean in terms of like. I mean, two. I think in terms of entertainment value, it is yeah. fine. But like, I think from just like general depressing implications, uh, it's not great. You know? Uh-uh, yeah. I don't remember anyone on these now. You will. You, I'm sure when you see them, you'll remember. For like, well, Rock of Love, yeah, normally. Well, it's like we've met, like, obviously, Britannia, who is now, like, all over the internet and, like, only Listen, the devil works hard, but 
She's Tor- Rock of Love Bus. Yes. The that devil, I remember. The devil works hard, but Britannia works harder. Yes. This is Shout on Shout out, Britannia. We haven't no, that talked was not, about you yet, but. Believe me, that is not shade. Sis no, is on here promoting her yeah, work. Make that money. Yes. Do not open She's her Instagram it. with children around unless yes. you have a really chill relationship with your children. NSFW. Yes. Big time. Private browser not on your company's Wi-Fi. There you go. Um, that's for the five thousandth time. That's it. <laughs> Obviously, Lacey should have gone home. Just like there's given. no disagreement. It's yeah. yes. It needed to be down to those final two. Exactly. It's always been. And I know Heather was supposed to get a spinoff, and then it didn't work out. But I'm really sad that she didn't, because that would have. I, I wish she did too. I would have loved to see the kind of guys they would have brought in for Heather's show. Yeah. That would have been so. Is she dating good. anyone now? I don't think publicly, no. But if she's not single, that I see, she might be. But it's like the rumors. Well, and she I mean, still looks good. Like that's the thing with like Chance. She's like a pretty successful real estate agent. Like Chance getting his show. It's like, yo, bring Heather back. Like, let's just fucking have a huge resurgence of these shows. Let's bring back some of these people. No. I think there's a lot of these people rightfully want to kind of. They're do also probably thing. yes. I've yeah exactly like you're and saying. A she's a successful real estate agent. She's probably like yeah, I kind of like. Listen, my life. believe me, if Heather was to have another show, I would I'd watch, watch the oh, shit out of it. But in the interim, you know, I can see that not really wanting to be her life anymore. Yeah, I don't think we have anything else to say, right? No, I think that wraps up this one. It was. It was a lot one. happened this episode, as we said. It went parents beginning to end, just being there. You've. You know, understand, I guess, kind of also why Lacey kind of stuck around for so long. Oh, yeah. As soon as they got the scent, they probably did some, like, background research on her family and, like, yeah, that they knew she was going to be a more entertaining find. Besides that, um, no, I guess, Sonia, where can they find the podcast on social media? Facebook is Rewind the Love Podcast. Again, I don't really post there anymore. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Rewind Love Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Sonia Marie Says on Twitter. You said Twitter twice. Holy fuck, my brain is melted. Keep so, going. You can find me at Mr. Feeney 519. We thank you all for the support. Don't forget, as Sonia always says, rate, review, subscribe. Tell friends who don't you know, suck. Five stars, please. Um, yep. Another way, totally, you know, to jump in. We hope Patreon or patrons, patrons. Patrons? patrons have been enjoying what we've been putting out uh if you guys do want to support us you know in that way as well sonia where can they find us with that patreon.com slash rewind the love pod yeah we've got some more stuff coming out this month and for the next few months exactly i guess we love Until everything the end of time yes. of course we love everything 2000s That'll be a lot. We love finding these side projects and movies. And And I might have found Tool Academy online, so I might do that. There we go. That show was a fucking disaster, and I cannot imagine that it aged well either. Mm. Woo! But just keep your ears and eyes peeled for it. Thank you all so much once again for listening and joining us here. We love you all. Be safe. Be smart. Make good choices. As always, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ rights are human rights. Justice for Breonna Taylor fucking abolish ic also just want to throw that one in a lot of hashtags yeah just but yeah thank you all once again for joining us here on rewind the love we'll talk to you soon bye bye